Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, we are. We are getting there, folks. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. D-Gun, the countdown. Here we go. 100 hours and 25 minutes until kickoff. We Look are at four you. days away. We're, down here, to, we're almost under 100, man. Almost. Here's how I know it's officially football week. You're all hooded up like Bill Belichick. I am. I am. I was going to go sleeveless. Like I should, I should have cut them off and just, just throw cut off the my Bill Belichick guns. Yes. But, but I saw that. So, oh, yeah, it's football week because Rob, Rob hooded up. I should like get, get your face paint and the whole thing, man. The you eye know, black. you can get you can get the stickers too. Those black stickers. Some guys like That's to wear the kids do. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, Twizz? I might. I might. Uh, Twiz Tyler, Eleven, Mo, Father Sean, uh, Mister Taz, Chris D, Anthony. What's up, everybody? Everybody's ready to roll today, and 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 so are we. SB, man. Ricky, Dylan. Oh, we got some new ones up in here. Okay. Uh, like, yeah. So we got a lot, a lot of lot to get to here, man. A lot. Wow. To get to. Um. Yeah. All right. So let let let's hit it here, Derek, because there's a there's a lot to do with this. So Sean Desai spoke today. Um, I think Xander brought up a very interesting point during our pre-show meeting. Yes. In regards to the coordinators. And I want everybody to chime in on this, please. Um, and, and I agree with Chris D. Uh, so l- l- let me just get this in here, too. Anyone who hasn't subscribed, what are you waiting for? It's almost season over. Please do. And hit the like button. That's there you fine. go, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Fire it up. Appreciate it, as always. But think about this game. Look, look. generally this season, there's definitely pressure on both coordinators. So so l- l- let's take both and then apply it to this game. Brian Johnson takes over a Ferrari, right? He, he's not getting in some some junker, some beater, you know, some car that you're, you're scared to death is going to get down the road. He's taking over a pretty good little thing. What's up, Fitness Rebel? What's up, Eagles fan? Uh, he's stepping into a really nice situation, right? Yep. 
but that comes with its own pressure, its own kind of different pressure. Like if you screw up or this thing doesn't look good or not scoring 28, you know, plus points per game, like they did last year, he's going to catch a lot of heat. And rightfully so. If Jalen hurts takes a step backwards, everybody's going to say, man, you've known this guy since he was a kid. You were here last year when Shane Steichen was, was running things and this doesn't look as smoothly or, you know, you have two, uh, thousand yard receivers. Like what's going on here. You have the best offensive line in football, the best line coach in football. Mm-hmm. So that he, he has his own, you know, it's a, it's a good kind of pressure. It's kind of pressure you want. He's not starting from scratch and rebuilding anything, but he's got a special kind of pressure on him. I, I agree with you a hundred percent, but what the unfairness to it is, it's going to be compared to a season ago. Yeah. And a season ago, they blew people out of the water. And you can't emphasize this enough. You look at the schedule they had a season ago compared to the schedule they have this year. Yep. So the the comparisons are inevitable. There's no question about it. But we have to take into consideration you have better offenses on the other side of that ball. I think the time time of possession is going to balance things out in a lot of these games, which means the scoring could be down. A little bit more, mm-hmm. and if the if the scoring's down, it means the numbers are going to be down. Doesn't mean they're not as good, especially if they're racking up the wins. That's a good point. It's just that the numbers are going to be down. Could be down in terms of yards per game, mm-hmm. points per game, time of possession per game, touchdowns per game. It could be, yeah, who they're playing. And so, Brian Johnson, Nick Sirianni, they understand what they did last year in terms of offense and defense across the board is phenomenal. But this is the whole new season, new collection of players coming in, strategic points, and a much, much, much tougher schedule. I looked over it again last night, and all of these, these websites that we trust, CBS Sports, Pro Football Focus, when, when you look at everybody's strength of schedule, you know, some teams have the Eagles at number one, some have them at the fifth or sixth, some have them as a seventh or eighth toughest schedule mm-hmm. based on winning percentage of, of, of the opponents they're playing. You know, so – there's going to be a degree of varying in terms of what they look like offensively week in and week out, what they look like defensively week in and week out. It's, it's just, it just happens. But Brian Johnson knows what he's stepping into. He's stepping into the hot grease right now. Yeah, he is. All the talent they have across the board on the offense. So there's that. And I, again, I'll apply it to the game in a second, but then you go to the other side of the ball, Desai. Now Desai is in a, a, a tougher spot. Not that he doesn't have talent, but, he's got a lot of turnover here that he's dealing with. He's dealing with turnover on his coaching staff because guys left and and took coordinator jobs and guys left period, whatever. But, you know, you're talking about having either a first or second year guy stepping in with very little experience. For example, the Kobe Dean's in his second year, but we know he didn't play last year. Jordan Davis. We know he's in his second year. Didn't play much last year. Uh, Reed Blankenship. We know he's in his second year, but didn't play a ton last year. All those guys are going to be playing critical roles, not to mention Jalen Carter, not to mention Nolan Smith in a rotation, not to mention just having new faces on that defense that have to get used to the system. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, if he's going to start and, and be one of the safeties, Zach Cunningham, excuse me, if he's going to be one of the starting linebackers. These guys are new to this. And and really, now that you don't have any kind of preseason game action – players and i know they they have the joint practices but still it it sometimes takes a little bit longer to get going out of the shoot um and let's go to week one with the size specifically 
this isn't an offense that he should give a whole lot of points up to in New England. Right. It's not right. a or not kind of offense. Right. So he's got he needs to come in and that defense needs to look good. And I'm talking, you know, like 21 points or under kind of good. And then the, the flip side of that is apply the same pressure that Brian Johnson's under for the season to this game because he's got Belichick who's had an entire offseason to game plan, you, you know, to try to do anything he can to, to get right. the teams off their game. Um, and if that, you know, again, if that looks like that, if it, if it looks like Hoodie just did his thing and performed his magic, it's a bad reflection on Brian Johnson not being able to counter, especially Gunner, as the game goes on. Let's say we're in the third quarter and it's like, all right, they did this to you in the first half. What are your adjustments here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rob, Rob, I can see this being a 21-17, 21-20, 24-20, 24-21 type game. Yep. Yeah, I give it, yeah, Me both- too. You know, both teams, it's the opening curtain of the weekend. They're not going to be as polished as they are in week five, week six, week seven. Both teams. Eagles starting offense didn't even play in the preseason. Mm -hmm. You know, the defensive personnel, you had a few pieces play. You had the Jalen Carters get his feet wet. You had Jordan Davis get his feet wet. But you didn't see the Brandon Grahams and all these guys out there. So it's a cohesive unit that has to be formed yet. Yeah. You know, you got a different mindset. You got a bunch. You got a bunch of the same players. But with the side, there's a, comes a different mindset in terms of how he wants to attack and defend opponents. Yeah. And that's going to take a little bit of time. We, we, we readily agree that the offense should hit the ground running smoother because all the pieces are back there. And basically, even though Brian Johnson has taken over, he's been there forever. So the mindset of the offense and how they want to attack should be the same and enhanced, according to Sirianni, because there's more to the playbook coming. But it's going to be a growing pains. Well, that's true too. Yeah, that's true too. I and I think also there there has to be. This is the one of the things I I I am trying to caution Eagles fans a little bit about. Like, a the schedule's tougher, and what we're going to go. We're going on the record today, by the way. So in the second segment at twelve thirty, we're going to give you regular season predictions in terms of win loss, how far we think they're going to go in general. Will the Eagles offense be top five? Will the defense be top five? Will they be top three in sacks? We're going to do all those kind of things. We're going on the record today. But I've tried to caution Eagles fans. Tougher schedule, personnel turnover, coordinator turnover, sometimes equates to it's going to it's going to take a little while before you start seeing the best of what this team is going to be. And I don't know that Eagles fans want to hear that right now. Like I floated – I was talking to some people the other day, and I'm like, you know, I think I think we're. I don't want to tip my hand, but I I, I said I, I I'll, I'll get to the number in a minute. But I think they're going to win less games than they won last year. What? They're they're easily winning fourteen again. I'm like, I don't easily, think so. With this, right? I got that that sort of pushback, and and I'm saying to myself, you see the schedule? You see the schedule after the bye? Like that's very real. And you think you're just going to going to wipe clean the NFC East? You're not. So. I think there's some unrealistic expectations right now. Doesn't mean they're not going to be really good or as good as they were or better than last year. You could definitely have less wins and be as good or better than you were last year. It's just the way things break sometimes. And they got a lot of fortunate breaks. I'm not saying, look, they handled their business, man. You win 14 games and that's in that NFL. I don't care who it's against. It's an awesome accomplishment. But nonetheless, you're playing way better quarterbacks, and quarterbacks are what drive this league. And they're playing way better quarterbacks this year than they played last year collectively. There's no question. And and those offenses, in terms of time of possession, when you talk about uh, Josh Allen, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, 
Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith. They 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 probe defenses. You know they'll they'll go quick strike, quick strike, quick strike, just to keep the chains moving, keep the clock moving. Yeah. Then they'll hit you with the run. Um, but it's not going to be a cakewalk like like we saw it was last year. Well, like Evan <laughs> says, uh, thirteen and four easily, easily. Like I, I don't see anything. You know, you, you talk about four losses and everything else is going to be easy. Like you're you're rolling through everybody else where you're not sweating it. Right. I just don't see it. it, it, it hey, it, maybe that may be the case. If that's the case, man, I'd give them such unbelievable props. Like if they ripped through this schedule the way they did last year, I mean, God bless them. I, but I personally, as we sit here right now on September 6th, I don't see it. I think it's going to be a lot tougher. See, I'm, Evan, Evan Barr says 11 and 6 is unacceptable. 12 and 5 is barely acceptable. If you go 11 and 6, 12 and 5, you win the division and you get back to the conference championship game, that's very acceptable. You know, as long as you get to where you want to go, that's very acceptable. I mean, if you, if you end up going 13 and 4, which is what I think what he first suggested, you will be in my opinion, you will have the top seed in the NFC again. I agree. I agree. Uh, you'll you'll have a better record than the Cowboys in your division and I think you'll have a better record than the 49ers collectively. Right. So That'll get you there. I think, whatever, I'll, I'll say it. I, I think they're in the 12 and 5 range, Derek. And I think that that could go a couple different ways. Like, I think you're you're neck and neck with Dallas, and I think you're neck and neck with San Fran to get that that home field. I don't think anybody else is in that in that vicinity. Like, I don't see New Orleans, I don't see any anybody in the north, whatever. But I think you I think it's gonna be closer this year, you know, in terms of home field advantage. Here's yes, here's what I could see. Well, and I've said this before. The Saints have a much weaker schedule, and the Saints, I think, are a really good team. Not as good as the Eagles in terms of overall roster, but a very good team. They can win 12 games in their division and somehow get home field advantage. We keep talking about the Eagles or the Cowboys or possibly the Vikings or somebody like that, but that team could basically get 12 wins based on a much weaker schedule. Yes. See, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. So you may have to go – even if the Eagles won 11 games, 12 games, you may have to go on a road one game if the Saints get home field advantage. Yeah, I, I look, I feel Can the you same see way. The Saints schedule? Yeah, I, the Saints schedule is easy, but I just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's I'm not a believer in Dennis Allen. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm not worried about them, honestly. There's two teams I focus on in the NFC, and it's the Cowboys and it's the Niners. And I, you could maybe, you could maybe throw Seattle in the equation, but I am not a, a, a staunch believer in Gino. Like I give him a lot of credit for what he did last year, but I need to see it two straight years, but I think Seattle's tough and they're formidable. So I, I look, they're the teams that I'm looking at here. I, I think if there's, there are a lot of things that can happen. And obviously injuries throw all of this out the window one way or the other, whether it's Eagles, some other team, everything changes if that's the case, but I don't see barring, like if, if these teams are healthy, the Eagles, Niners, and the Cowboys, I think they're all going to be awesome. Like I don't see a disappointment where they just fall off the map. There's too much talent there with those three teams. I just don't see it um, personally. No, I don't. I don't either. And, it, and this is going to be so many variables because along the way, everybody's going to lose a key player at some point or key players that could help determine winning and losing certain games mm -hmm. as well. And, and I'm hoping the Eagles get through relatively unscathed as they did a year ago. But we know year to year things change. You can't you can't foresee what's going to happen. It's just the nature of the beast. 
Now, we all hope the Eagles can stay upright and breathing at every strategic position possible, but there's a good possibility some good players are going to fall by the wayside, whether uh, indefinitely or long-term. Yes. It's just going to happen. It is. It is. It's, it's the nature of the beast. Some games. Yeah, it's the nature yeah. of the beast. I agree with yeah. you. you. I know. agree with you. Um, yeah, so look, we'll, like I said, we're going to go heavy into, into records. Interesting um, – there's there's a piece on the athletic by by Zach Kiefer who, who does a really good job uh, on the athletic on on Jonathan Gannon Gunner yeah and um th- there's a couple things one found this sort of interesting he he said that he was the one who suggested to Nick Sirianni in 2021 his first year that he turn over the play calling to, to Shane Steichen so they're two and five at that point Gannon co- or uh, Sirianni comes in and he's like. I don't know that I can call plays and keep track of the defense and especially I, I like, you know, like just basically feeling overwhelmed a little bit. Right. Okay. And Gannon says to him, let Shane call the plays." And Gannon's response or uh, Sirianni's response was basically, they're going to crush me. If I do that, they're going to think I don't know what I'm doing. <clears throat> and Gannon said to him, if we go three and 14, we're going to get fired anyway. So, you know, mm-hmm. see what happens. And it really kind of flipped everything. But that's the first time I've heard that one. And Nick has never said that publicly. I, I'll be curious to see what Nick's response. I think he speaks on Friday. Uh, what his response to that will be. He also talked about the two plays, uh, Derek, in the Super Bowl. You remember the plays that were, were almost identical when the Eagles, you know, basically got burned by those two plays, the Kadarius Tony play and the other play. So he spoke on that uh, in this story. And here's what he had to say. He said, we should have defend. We should have been fine. Defended that play all year. This is the Canarius Tony touchdown mm. with 12.08 left. Uh, they, they didn't on that night. He said the second bust, a touchdown, the sky more, that one that happened three minutes later, basically at 926, that looked very similar. Um, Gannon had his defense in a cover zero blitz. So yep. he went aggressive, which everybody always screamed he didn't, but he did. It backfired. Uh, he said, the second one is on the call, meaning that's on me, truthfully. Uh, that's a tough pass. Like if I was the defensive backs coach, we probably would have busted that too. That's how I always kind of think, you know, if I was coaching it, uh, would we be okay? Probably not. So he's laying that one on it. And he also, you know, said it was on me basically that we lost the Super Bowl. So, you know, you, you could debate whether he was saying it sarcastically or not, but he did mention that. For whatever it's worth, I'm just giving you, you know, uh, what he ended up saying in the story, which I thought was interesting. Okay. Um, okay. I know Gannon's getting a lot of heat, and rightfully so, for the way that defense played in the second half of that Super Bowl. Yep. But you have enough veteran presence on that defense, you should have been able to see certain things as well. You know, so this is on the players as much as, as it is the coach also. Look at all the Pro Bowl-level ta- talent they had on that defense. Yep. You know the old saying, you fool me once, is on me. You fool me, you know, you fool me once, is on you. You fool me twice, is on me. Mm-hmm. You got fooled twice. Same play, opposite sides of the field. You know, and what? And I don't care what covers the coach call. You had enough – you didn't have a bunch of rookies back there like Kansas City did. Yep. You had a bunch of veterans on the back end of your defense, Pro Bowl-caliber players that should have been able to decipher what they were looking at. Mm-hmm. Now, even if they scored on both plays, the first one you got, you got me. The second one, there should have been a little bit better coverage. You can't have somebody standing wide open on two consecutive scoring drives 
I don't care if it is an opposite side. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I think we're, we're we're because everybody wants to dump it on Gannon. We're we're giving uh, Slay and Bradbury some passes here, like the free passes, which we should not have given. Those, yeah. those guys have been around too long not to recognize that play and do a better job. That's why, like I, I always say, I don't think he did a good job in the second half. But this was a collective failure in in the second half. Absolutely, by this team. How many how many players on defense were either first or second team Pro Bowl last year? Exactly. Okay, yeah, a ton. And yeah. you could not get one stop in the second half. One stop is all you needed. One. Mm-hmm. Every time they touched the ball, he went down the field and stuffed it down your throat. And what's even more demoralizing is. You brought in all this heavy artillery to stop the run. They ran at will on your defense. Ran all over them. Ran all over them. You could not stop the run. And they dinked and dunked their way down the field, and you had nothing to defend it. And if the, I don't care what the play caller, who the play caller was, you still have personnel out there that should have been able to stop it. Yep. You had pro bowlers in the trenches, pro bowlers in linebacker, pro bowlers in the secondary. There's no, there's no excuse for not being able to get one stinking stop in that entire second half. No excuse at all. Yep. And not to deviate, but but uh, while we're talking, I'm also working for the future. Tomorrow, for 15 minutes, because the schedule is tight, at 2 o'clock we will have Tom Curran, my boy Tom Curran from uh, NBC Sports New England, who covers the Patriots, does a great job with the Patriots. He'll be joining us at 2 p.m. tomorrow for 15 minutes. So lock it in. Tom nice. Curran, insightful, funny, he, he, witty. I'm telling you, man, you, you guys, if you're not familiar with him, you're going to love him. He, he is, he's, he's funny. He's feisty. He gets it. He's not a homer. Like he'll tell you, he'll, he'll speak what's on his mind. If he's not happy with something with the Patriots, he's good. Yo, that's, that's a good get Gunner. Yeah. He's, and, he's, and you know what? Uh, Eagles fan brings up a good point. He got beat by a one legged quarterback. Although I, Look, do hey. I think he was? Do I think he was a hundred percent? No. Was he doing a little okie doke? Yes, in my opinion, my humble opinion. I don't know. I don't know, Rob. Because let's see, in that in that AFC Championship game, he's flopping around, and then all of a sudden, adrenaline. Players tell you all the time, "You hurting?" But at, at point, adrenaline takes over. Yeah, and that adrenaline took over. He took off in that game against Cincinnati. He looked fine to me. Uh, that's my thing. Like when he need look, maybe this is just the greatness of Mahomes, and I'm far be it for me to question his greatness. He he is, but like, I when he needed to get to that gear, man, the leg looked all right to me. That's all I'm saying. It looked all right to me a couple times. Hey, I don't. Well, I think hey, he was giving you a little bit of little showmanship there. To- hey, look, man, if I got a gimpy leg, and I break through the line of scrimmage. And I'm looking back, and I see these opposing jerseys, these behemoths chasing me down the field. I got a little bit of uh, extra adrenaline rush, also. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Fear will do a lot. Like you, if a bear's chasing you, you're running faster than you normally would in a forty time. Right? Yeah. If you if you're a mailman and you walk in your beat and you go to a yard, take the mail, you see a pit bull or something coming at you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I'm hopping that fence. I'm I'm, I'm Olympic sprinter. Carl <laughs> Lewis, Jack. You same bolt. I'm Usain bolt. <laughs> For at least ten feet, right, get my truck. Hey, apropos hey. nothing, can I just can I just throw this out there? And, and I know people who who maybe aren't in the Philadelphia area won't know, won't be familiar with what we're talking about. But there was a guy who escaped from a Chester County prison uh, in our area. Probably yeah. f- it's been about five or six days. Yes, he was coming towards Delaware. <clears throat> How have we not caught this guy yet? 
I don't know. Like, what is going on? He he's he still has his prison pants on. He's shirtless and he's banging around in the woods somewhere. Like, come on, man. We we, we got to we got to bring this dude in. Like, not what's going only on? that dude, but at least three times, cameras have spotted him. Yeah, he stole he stole food out of people's like pantries and stuff when they're yeah. So you're right. How have they not? How have they not corral? Now supposedly you got all these different um, um, law official um, uh, companies together, both Delaware, even Jersey and Pennsylvania. You haven't been able to track this dude down yet. I know. I, I, it's frustrating. And I and I know a lot of people who live in that area. They live in the in the Westchester and in, in Chester County area who, who are scared to death. Like they're 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 scared to go outside. They're scared to leave their house to go to work. You know and. and Fear of what they're going to come home to, and you know whatever. So anyway, I don't, I don't blame him. I don't yeah. blame him one bit, man. And, well, and and the guy is, he's right, Mark. He's five foot tall. He's not that that means anything, but this, you know, he he isn't, he is an escape murderer. So I don't care how tall yeah. he is, you got to be careful. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, with these um, kind of cats. With all the horror stories we see every day on social media across the country, across the world, I don't blame people one bit. If you if he was spotted in your area. I don't blame people one iota no. for being extremely concerned, extremely cautious, especially if he was in jail for murder. Yeah. Um, because that means he will do anything and everything Correct. to stay to stay free. To stay not in jail. Yep. Yes. And yep. he won't he doesn't care who he hurts uh to achieve his ultimate goal. So I know, I know. Um yeah, I you know, anybody out there. If you are, if he's in here, please be extremely cautious, you know? Yeah, that, that's the big thing. Like, there's a, you know, all joking aside, and I'm just frustrated because I, I want to see this guy come to justice. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, but just be careful, man. Just be careful. That That's all That's all we can say. All right. Uh, so we're coming back, Derek. We're going on the record. We're going to give you regular season record, how far they go in the playoffs, Will it be a top five offense, top five defense? And then next segment, we're going to break down individuals. We'll get into what their numbers are going to look like too. So we got a lot of lot to do today as we are we are now under 100 hours. We are under. Yes. It, Look at it, you. Is, it is you not. It. Yes. It, 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 we're 99 hours and a lot. Uh, anyway, we're 99 hours away now and change. So here we go. All right, let's keep it rolling with the Eagles, uh, and we will uh, we'll dig into all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's D Gun. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right, I want to tell you about Bravo Pizza. So I, I want to tell you about the usual stuff that Bravo is doing, but then I want to get into something really cool that they're doing for a great cause here. Okay. So look, we're thrilled that they're with us every single day, uh, and. For me, for my money, it is the best place that there is to go to get yourself not only pizza, but pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, you name it. It's the best. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family owned since 1985. Um, they offer 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the upside down, which is also known as the grandma, which is my go to. They have specialized pizza your way, however you want it. Uh, and, and all kinds of great stuff. So here's where they're located. And then I want to tell you about the, the, what they're doing, which is really, really cool. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That's 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. You can reach them at 610-446-3810. That's 610-446-3810. All right, so let, let, me, let me tell you what's going on at Bravo Pizza because I just think this is so cool. All right, so it's pizza for a cause. This will be on September 11th, September 11th, which uh, is a week from Monday, September 11th. Actually, it'll be this Monday, sorry. This Monday, September 11th, from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. 
a portion of all sales goes to help Team Foster provide service dogs to injured and disabled veterans. Yes, portion of the proceeds go to service dogs for injured veterans. It's the Foster Provide Service. So you, you can check it out. Team Foster provides service dogs to injured and disabled veterans at Bravo Pizza of Havertown, which I tell you about all the time, and also Bravo Pizza of Oxford. That's at 601 Commons Drive in Oxford, Pennsylvania, 610-467-1616. Of course, Bravo Pizza of Havertown, 610-446-3810. In fact, 12% of the proceeds are going to Team Foster. So we ask that you include any, you know, you, you can go in there, make mention, you want to mention the show, whatever the case may be. But you can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of, O-F, at the Bravo Pizza of, and also at the Bravo Pizza Oxford, O-X-F-O-R-D, okay? So it, it is a really, really great cause. There is, uh, you know, just an unbelievable story behind this. So real quick, Captain Eric Foster, he was an Army Ranger. He was killed in action in Iraq in 2007. Team Foster's mission is no hero left behind. Team Foster raises money to provide service dogs to disabled veterans. To date, Team Foster has raised nearly $2 million and helped partnering nearly 500 dogs with veterans in need. More than 20 vets and service members lose their lives every year to suicide, every single day to suicide. Service dogs are invaluable tools in this fight. More than just pets, those service animals are highly skilled, life-saving animals, who have been trained for two years and cost 25000 plus per dog. So that's why this is so critical. You're helping our vets out. You're going to get some great food where 12% of the proceeds go to Team Foster. So please, if you can, stop out the Bravo Pizza of Havertown, Bravo Pizza of Oxford. We'll be right back. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Appreciate you hanging out with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. He is Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. Remember, uh, as Gunner mentioned, Tom Curran tomorrow at 2 p.m. from NBC Sports New England. So we're looking forward to getting, you know, the, the opposing, in going inside enemy lines, as they say, uh, getting the opposing view. All right, Gunner. So let's uh, <clears throat> let's hit a couple things here. Let's start with the record. I kind of tipped my hand a little bit there. I, I think they're going to be 12 and 5. <clears throat> that's, that's where I have the Eagles. And uh-huh. I'll go as far as to say, uh, 11 and six wouldn't even shock me. Um, so that that's where I'm at. I'll, I'll just give you, I'll give you the losses that I have. Okay. Uh, and then I, I want to get your record and we'll kind we can kind of run through things here uh, in totality, but I had them losing at the jets. Yeah. I had them losing at home to Buffalo. Just, I, just the sort of right. ebb and flow of the season. I have them losing at Dallas. I have them yeah. losing at Seattle where they always have problems. I think that last game of the year, against New York is tricky because it could be very critical for New York to even get into the playoffs. Like they could be, you know, needing that game badly. The Eagles may, may not, you know, whatever. It's going to be some semblance of that. That said, I have them winning at, at Kansas city. Whoa. I did not think I would have, but I, th- I feel Whoa. like, I feel like that's an Eagles win. So here, here's what I have. I'll run through it. And then you tell me what your record is and we can kind of go through, you know, where you fall, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I think they win a, a sweat kind of game against New England. I think I think it's a win, but I think I don't think it's a an easy one. Uh, I think they survive Minnesota. The tough thing about the Minnesota game is that's a quick turnaround, yes. you know, from a yep. conditioning standpoint for both teams. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I think they win at Tampa. I think they win Washington. I think they win the Rams. So they're they're five and zero oh at that point. Yep. Loss at New York. Bounce back with a win. Miami. Uh, win at Washington. Now that's a that's a tricky game, but I think they win that one. Win at home with Dallas. They're going to split Dallas, but they get the home game. <clears throat> Bye week. They win at Kansas City, which flies in the face of a lot of things. A, it's you know Kansas City there, and Andy Reid's great off a bye, but I think they're it's it just feels like an Eagles win, revenge. But they're riding high, and and the reality check hits in the next week against Buffalo. On a short week. On a short week, and it's an L. I've gone back and forth on this game. Right now, I have the beating San Fran uh, to be determined where I'm going to be at by we get by the time we get to week 13. Right now, I have it penciled in as a win. They lose the next week at Dallas. Yep. They lose the next week at Seattle. That's yep. two losses in a row. Okay. Beat the Giants at home. Beat Arizona easily. 
and then lost to close it. That's how I get to the to the five losses. So I'm 12 and five. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I've been teetering all summer <laughs> since the schedule came out. 11 and six, 12 and five. 11 and six, 12 and five. And I have the same five losses that you do, um, except that I don't see them winning at Kansas City. I think they're going to beat the Giants twice. Okay. I think it's going to be competitive against the Giants, but I see them beating the Giants twice. And I just think, you know, Kansas City at home, especially if Kelsey's healthy when they play that game. Yeah, that's tough. Kelsey is just such a huge X factor in that game because everything is going to collapse around him, trying to corral him. Mm-hmm. Then Mahomes is going to dink and duck up and down the field, sideline, 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 and then eventually take one shot down the field. I just see them, uh, Andy Reid finding a way to, to get them again in Kansas City. Um but I see the other ones the same way you do for the most part. Yep. I, I think it's uh, like we talked about. This is not going to be easy, man. This is a big challenge this year for them. And it's like you look at some of the stretches here, Derek. Look, there's two. There, the obvious one is out of the bye, which is week 10. It's at Kansas City, Buffalo home, San Fran home, at Dallas, at Seattle, Giants home. So that, that 11 through week 11 through 16 is, is very difficult. But I, I don't think there's anything easy – week six through nine where you're at the jets home Miami at Washington home Dallas too. I think that's very, very tough. It's clear. Yeah. The early part of the schedule is definitely the more favorable. Um, oh, there's no question. Um, I think, I think the interesting games to me where a could be a shocker is, and I'm not sold on either one that Washington and Rams game seven days apart. One of those two could somehow shock you. You know, they have Washington at home. They have to go to the Rams. If, if Cooper Cup is healthy by then, he's a huge factor in that offense. Um, defensively, the Rams last year were not nearly as close as what they were a few years prior to that when they won that Super Bowl. Now Jalen Ramsey's gone also. Right. So I've got to see the Rams a few games to see what they look like, especially with now that we know Cooper Cup is going to be out for a little bit. Um, how average, subpar will the Rams be? Um that's a big factor. Aaron Donald being healthy. That's a big factor. Um, if they were playing, if they were playing that game here, a slam dunk Eagles win that game, but you got to go out there. Um, and, and that's not to say the Eagles are not going to win that game, but I, you know, you always give three points to the home team, you know, when they're at home, you know, even in a loss, you always say, I think they're going to be three points better than what, what the odd make odds makers think. Right. Um, but the Washington game, the Sam Howell thing keeps intriguing me. You know, and let's face it, Washington beat them here last year. Well, that's why. Yeah. And and the thing is, too, whether it's Washington or the Giants, uh, you know, whatever, it's hard. Games in the NFC East are always kind of mucked up. They're always ugly. There's there's games. There's things you don't foresee coming. Right. How many times the Eagles were better than Washington? And it was it was like a knockdown drag out. Wentz would bring them back and it was ugly, but they would win or Donovan would yep. do it against the Giants with a James Thrash touchdown, you know, over the years, whatever. Yeah, great examples last year. They lose at home to Washington. Nobody saw that coming. So y- you can pencil one of those games in. If you take the Cowboys out of it, because I think the Eagles and Cowboys are close. If you take the Cowboys out of it, they're losing one of those other games, in my opinion, whether it's a game yeah. to the Giants, whether it's a game to Washington. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, they handled Washington. Uh, they handled the Giants last year, but those games were competitive except the playoff game. Um, 
and I want to see what a, a, a Debo offense looks like now in year number two, since he has a few more type players he wants in that offense. When you look at the type of receivers they have, then they're quick off the off the snap receivers. Yeah, I can see Daniel Jones, and I watched watched watch, uh, the Giants in a couple of preseason games. Everything is one two three throw, one two three throw, and as good as your defense is, if you're in a momentum, if you got momentum going with that one two three throw stuff, that's hard to stop. Yeah, it is. It's like having an additional running game: one two three four yards, one two three seven yards. That's first downs every other play. Mm-hmm. You know, and Daniel Jones, say what you want to say, because I don't think by any stretch of the imagination he's one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the league in terms of passing the football. But Daniel Jones is a good athlete. Yeah. Oh, he's athletic, yeah. I mean, I I think – you know what it comes down to, Derek, with him? Now we're beyond the, okay, he can play a little bit stage. Like, you know, he's not a bust or or whatever. You you can see what he looks like with a real offensive coordinator. Yeah. But can he win – can he carry you in a playoff game? Can he bring you back in a huge spot? I got you got he's got to drive us down the field here for you know whatever down down twenty points. I, that I don't know yet about him. I need to see a little bit more. I agree, but see, before you can win big, you have to learn how to win. And the Giants learned how to win under Dabo last year. Yeah, you know they went nine seven and one last year. They learned how to win. Mm-hmm. You know, and they beat some decent opponents. You know, along the way. Now let's see how that carries over into year number two. You know, your year number two in Dabo's offense, year number two in Wink, in Wink Martindale defense. And we know the Giants have a really good defensive front. But what does the back seven look like around them? Well, they picked up Isaiah Simmons yep. from, from Arizona. From Isaiah Dawson, Simmons great was move. lost. Yeah. yeah. It was a great move for the Giants. Isaiah Simmons was lost in Arizona. Yeah. You know, he may be reborn in Wink, Mart- in Wink Martindale's defense. You know, you don't know. He's a yep. good player. You know, he's a good player who was in a bad situation. Yeah, he was. You yeah. know, what does that secondary look like for the Giants this year in Wink Martindale's scheme? Yeah, it's yeah. a good question. We have, yeah. to keep that, we have to keep all these things into consideration. Well, he's also a guy who will send the heat. So you you, oh, you, guys, you, you better be able to cover. You know, it, like if you're not getting home, your guys are out there on an island a lot with, with Wink. So you, you better you better be able to cover. All right. So you're, I'm at 12 and five. Are you at 12 and five also? Or I'm you- at 12 and five. I've been teeter tottering back and forth. If they can keep this team healthy, I see them easily going 12 and five. All right. Are you a believer that they will get out of the NFC? They will, they will, but they will make a repeat to the, I, I believe they will get back to the Super Bowl. I do. Um, with, with all of the question marks pertaining every team in the NFC and including the Eagles defense of personnel, I still say overall they have the best roster in the NFC, bar none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dallas has a really good roster. I don't care if you like the Cowboys or not. Dallas has a really good roster. Um, but I do think the Cowboys will be bird dog and the Eagles, but in the final analysis, the Eagles will hold them off, find a way to hold them off and take the division. Yeah, and I, I cannot – in good faith, and, and believe me, you, you know how I hate the Cowboys, but I'm just, if I'm being objective here, A, I think they're really good, but B, I cannot back them in a playoff setting until I see them do it. No, They come up no, small too many times no, in the playoffs no. for me to believe. It's like the Sixers. I can't. I'll believe it when I see it. So, therefore, I don't see them going further than the Eagles. The So, the only other team I put in that category, I know Seattle's pretty good, too, and I know you mentioned New Orleans, but I think San Fran, if Purdy is the real deal, is the team for me to watch uh, come playoff time if they meet again. 
I agree a hundred percent. And and the Eagles, like, let me emphasize it again: the Eagles could go twelve and five and still not be the number one seed in the NFC. And yep. here's why. All right, I'm looking at the Saints' schedule right now. Now, 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 grasp this: they open up at home against Tennessee. All right. Now, after that, they have at Carolina, at Green Bay, home Tampa, at New England, at Houston, home Jacksonville, at Indy, at at home Chicago, home against Minnesota, home against Atlanta. At home, uh, I'm sorry, uh, at the, at Atlanta, at Minnesota, mm-hmm. home against Detroit, home against Carolina, home against the Giants, at the Rams, at Tampa, at Atlanta. That's a <laughs> That's a favorable schedule. I mean, outside of Jacksonville, Minnesota, maybe Tennessee in the opener, mm-hmm. and in Detroit, those those other games go very much in their favor. Oh yeah, listen, I, I agree with you. I agree. I, look, the 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 thing with them and that just to go back to the uh, the divisions here uh, and. I think Green Bay is going to be a little bit better uh, than people and than you anticipate for sure. I know you're you're not a big believer. I wonder is I almost I'm, maybe I'm just overthinking things. Is Detroit getting too much love at this point? Detroit could lose to Kansas City tomorrow night and still have a really good season. You know, they, let's, could. Let's, they, they could lose. They could lose. You're opening up against the defending Super Bowl champions, and even though you don't have Travis Kelsey tomorrow night, you still have enough pieces. Detroit improved this defense somewhat, but I, I I still believe Detroit is going to be suspect on defense. Yeah. Um, they're going to be good offensively. They're going to be better when they get Jameis Williams back. Um, but Detroit could lose that game, and people are like, oh, there goes the hype with Detroit. No, you still got you still got sixteen games to go. Yeah. I still pick Detroit to win the NFC North. You know, and Detroit can score. But. I don't think Detroit is ready yet to get to that NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you got to crawl before you walk. The Eagles crawled, you know, they, mm-hmm. they got to the playoffs the first year. Next year, got to the Super Bowl. Detroit get to the playoffs this year. You may stumble that first game, but it's a learning curve. Then you're going to know what you need to add for next year to enhance what you already have. Yep. Next year, Detroit could be that team we're talking about as the number one seed. You don't yeah. know. I hear I hear but when I look at the Saints, and I don't know, and see, it could be misleading. The Saints could end up 13-4 and four with that schedule and bow out the first playoff game. Yeah. But the, the Saints have talent. The Saints have talent on both sides of the football. All right. It's going to be interesting. All right, Will, uh, so I, I believe the Eagles will get to the Super Bowl. Are you, are you Where are you? Like, Just bottom line it for me. Uh, I'm leaning towards the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm leaning towards the Super Bowl. I want to see who they're matched up against in the NFC Championship game and where. I'm assuming the Eagles will have a home get home and will have their game at home. But the way the season plays out and everybody's tripping up everybody else, I got to see it. And I want to answer Mr. Taz's uh, question. He asked me a little bit earlier. He said, "D Gun, you're not riding with Fly Decide. The uh, Fly Decide's defense. Um, I'm not. I'm not against it, but I can't ride with it because I don't know what it is yet. I don't know what that defense is going to look like." So I can't say I'm riding with them. You know, uh, on paper, they look really good. They brought back the veterans, some veterans we didn't think they were going to bring back. They had a great draft. But now you got to mesh it all together. Mm-hmm. 
And because he's had such a limited history of being a D coordinator and calling shots on a defense, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what his strategy is in key situations. I don't know how often he's going to blitz. Now, he's from the Vic Fangio school of defense, okay? Well, there's a lot of people who are from the Vic Fangio school but can't coach a defense like Vic Fangio. You You can emulate somebody all you want. It doesn't mean that you're going to be as good as that individual. You may even you might be better. Mm-hmm. You don't know, but I haven't seen it, so I yeah. can't tell you. I can't tell you I'm riding with, with the size defense or not. Well, I, I think that's fair. I, I think it you know as far as the defense goes, it's a little bit of a wait and see, and and that's that's not a hedge. That that that's more of just hey, look. As we talked about, there's a lot of personnel changes, and we don't know all. The, you have a much better feel for the offense and and Johnson than you do for this defense. Let's face it, you just do. Um, all right, will I mean, they be? Rob, Rob, I mean, think about it. Last year, I didn't really, you know, we, me, me, you, and Barrett, we kept talking about the the Gannon wagon and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, we had fun. Yeah. Tell, and I kept telling you, okay, I'm in the back seat. I'm hanging on the back. <laughs> now I'm off completely. I yeah. waited until at least four or five games before I made my determination on what I was seeing from Gannon, uh, Gannon's defense. Yeah, and I, I didn't like his defense. I don't, they kept rolling up sacks. Yet it kept rolling up sacks because they were playing inferior opponents. But I was just his defensive concept of having his corners play seven to ten yards off receivers drove me nuts. I wanted to see more bump and run. When you got those kind of caliber of cornerbacks, you need to get those dudes up in receivers' faces. They can run with most receivers. Yeah, I agree. You know? and, and and if you listen to them, they wanted to play more bump and run, more clutch and grab. They mm-hmm. don't want to play seven to ten yards off the ball. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I don't know what the side has for his corners this season. I really but don't. But isn't that the thing, though, Derek? Like, I, I know Eagles fans want it to look a lot different, but I just don't think the team wants it to look different. I don't think that's what what Howie and and you know the the, the brass want. So what you what he's going to put twists on it, but I don't think it's going to be extremely different. That's all. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, only a matter of time. All right. Uh, will they be a top five offense? Yes. I Absolutely. agree with you. I, I think they could be a top two. I think that I'm going to put them at number two behind Kansas City. Um, I, I don't disagree with you, but I want to see what that Jets offense looks like. I want to see if Josh Allen lives up to his offseason predictions that he will be much better because you're talking about two offenses there that are loaded with talent, both in the run game and the passing game. You're talking about two Pro Bowl quarterbacks and one's a future Hall of Fame quarterback, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I believe they'll be in the top four. Okay. Top four offenses in the league. Okay. Um, uh, they were they were three last year. Yeah, they were three last year. But it was all it's real tight. It's like percentage points, you know. It, it's yes. Close. Yes. I do believe they'll be top four. Uh, no question about that. The personnel they have on offense. Is, is what offensive coordinators dream of. The versatility, the depth from the O-line to the quarterback to the receivers to the quartet of running backs. They have everything that you need to be a consistent offensive nightmare for defensive coordinators and defensive personnel. I agree with you. I think that the versatility of this offense can hurt. They're going to be able to hurt you a lot of different ways. Yes. Uh, I think the quarterback, either throwing or running, I think the, the running attack is going to be effective with different guys that they have and in the passing game is going to be awesome in the offensive line throwing the backs out of the backfield yeah um dallas goddard healthy in the flats you know so. but 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 make no mistake good test week one new england's defense is yeah. real yeah. yeah uh and belichick with with all this time to prep uh 
going to be fun, man. This is going to be a fun chess match with, with the Eagles offense and New England's defense. And, and even though we have Matt Patricia, who knows Belichick's, Belichick's mindset inside and out, yeah. you know Belichick's going to throw some wrinkles because he knows Patricia's giving him information. Yep. So what wrinkles will Belichick counter with that Matt Patricia doesn't know about yet? Mm-hmm. That remains to be seen also. All right, let's go to the other side here. The Eagles' defense, will they be top five? Oh. I say no. It's all based on their run defense, and I don't have a big enough sample to know what that run defense is going to look look like. Run defense played well in stretches last year, but still in the bigger picture gave up 121 yards a game overall, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, they were great against the pass last year, not great, mediocre against the run, pretty good in terms of points, you know, ultimately at the end of the day. They were yes. good with points. They, they were pretty good with turnovers, <laughs> actually better than pretty good. Um, I don't I don't think so. I think the early part of the schedule when they're still trying to figure out is going to drag their average down a little bit. And when I say top five, I mean top five in points per game. If, if, the Eagles, if the Eagles' defense is not at the very worst, number 10, I would be shocked. If it's not at least number 10 defense in the league, I would be extremely shocked. Even with the people they're playing, even with the wealth of pass catchers they're playing, the quarterbacks they're playing, if they don't finish at least number 10, at the very least, not to say they can't be a top five defense, but if they don't finish at least number 10, I'm extremely shocked by that. I, I would be surprised as well. I, I, I think, and and that, that leads us into this question, Derek. Will they be top three in sacks? Now, last year, they had 70, which led the league. The The next two were were basically you, – you, your top three got at least 54. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that was the Pats, you know, right there. I think – I say yes, top three. I think this is a 55-sack total team. Outside of Hargrave, they still have the personnel to attack at will with a four-man front. They don't have to do a lot of blitzing with the quickness they have. Right. The quickness of Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Brandon Graham, who he plays 35% of the snaps. He'll play like he's 26, 27 again, just like he did last year. Yep. His body doesn't have to go through that wear and tear. Josh Sweat. And I still believe until he's proven wrong that Derek Barnett will be a good addition to the pass rush coming off the edge mm-hmm. you know, in that rotation. So, yes, I believe they will be top three in quarterback sacks based on that personnel up front. Yep, absolutely. So I, I I believe, I think, you know, you're talking about three guys, double digits. You're talking about guys who I think will get them uh, in chunks rather than these big, big numbers like Hardwick right, got right, right. Uh, last year. So I think that part of it, it's going to be interesting to see how they go about it. And, and like we talked about, what's the aggression level uh, from that side of the ball? You know, and the other thing I'm really fascinated to see is just the 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 young unknown guys. You know, what what is how much is is Carter going to contribute to that? How much is Nolan Smith going to contribute to that? Not necessarily sacks, but just defensively. Um, you know, Nicobe Dean, all all these younger guys, Reed Blankenship. Uh, you know, who's they, one I should have thrown in there, Derek? I think we talked about this the other day. Who will lead them in, in interceptions? Um, I said Bradbury. Um, I Bradbury. said, no, I'm sorry. I said, oh, I said Bradbury. I yeah, think you said, Slay. I said Slay because I think teams will throw away a little bit more from Bradbury than they will Slay. Okay. So I think Slay will have his opportunities to get his hands on the ball more. 
So that that's why I went with with Slate. I think Bradbury. Now teams are going to throw at Bradbury, but I think they're going to respect him more on that side of the field more so than they will Slate. So that's why I think Slate will get get an opportunity, more opportunities, to get his hands on the ball. So I think he will lead the team in picks. Let me uh, let me give you an interesting quote from Bill Belichick, and uh, this was tweeted out by our our buddy Jeff Kerr, Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. Uh, and this is this is a roundabout way of really giving Howie a lot of praise. Uh, Bill Belichick said, uh, there's been a lot of success in Philadelphia. They've had a lot of different coordinators, head coaches, quarterbacks. And the one guy that's been there through all of it really is Howie Roseman. That's 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 nice. It's a nice praise there. Well, coming um, from Belichick, that that's you can't get a higher praise than yeah. from Belichick. That that's him gushing. He went on yeah. to say, I think you look at the way they built this team. And he's done a tremendous job with that organization. And certainly in putting this team together, this is a really well-balanced team. What that for Bill Belichick, that's like backflips. That's like uh <laughs> that that's like you know, ringing the bell. You know, you know, that's going crazy right there. So that's uh that's that's pretty good praise. And, and praise who right no better than him when you take into consideration he was right there in the midst of that 15-year run yep. that the Patriots had. Who yeah. would know better than him in terms of how to build a team the proper way? Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I'll say this to this day. I think the most incredible feat that we don't talk about enough is the Eagles. The Eagles go to a Super Bowl and win it in 2017 with a different head coach and a different quarterback. Five yep. years later, they're back in the Super Bowl, yep. you know, and within three points of winning it. That That is almost never done in this league with, with it all, and, and a lot of different personnel, too. And that's directly correlated to, uh, to Howie and yeah. how he built this roster. And using the cap to his advantage. Yep. And even coming out of that cap hell, the one year on Carson Wentz, and he was still able to put a competitive team on the field mm-hmm. um, and build from there. Yeah. And look at where they are now. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is definitely praiseworthy. All right. So we did the team stuff, Derek. When we come back, we're going to go individuals: Jalen Hurts, running backs, receivers, Goddard, Hassan Reddick, Carter Davis. We'll throw them all out there, and we're going on record today with the Eagles. So we'll do that when we come back a little later, Phillies. You notice I didn't bring them up in the first segment. I didn't have the stomach to do it. I'm sitting there last night like, this can't end soon enough, man. I I think I fell asleep in the eighth or the ninth, and I I was glad I did. Here's how I knew you were thoroughly frustrated. When I text you and said (laughs) – when I text you and said, Lorenzen has Nola-itis, Nola-itis. <laughs> and you you didn't respond at all. I said, Rob's probably got his head under a pillow right now. He's not even watching. <laughs> no, I was watching it, unfortunately. And it, uh, yeah, I should have I should have just for my own health turn, put on something else. But I, I, you know, the sicko that I am, I stay with it. But anyway, yes, we'll talk about it later because they are there are pitching pitching issues, Derek. They're very real, uh, very real. All right, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, interesting piece from Ramona Shelbourne on James Harden and the Sixers. Uh, oh, no. Not slow again. split here. That we're saying. Yes, I know. So we'll get into all that stuff, NFL segment, uh, a little bit later as well. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because finding the right person to trust with your finances, you know how hard it is. Like You work your tail off to be able to provide, to be able to set your family up for later in life. And the last thing you want is to not have your money work for you, right? And Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group will help you 
to find the best way to do that, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. If you're trying to get a business off the ground and you want to set up employee benefits, and you're not really sure exactly what you need to do. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with him, and I couldn't be any happier than I am with Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. All right, so you give him a call right now. And, and if you're not really sure, he's a great person to consult with. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you could email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. That's Gunner. I am Rob. We're getting you ready for the Eagles and the Patriots Sunday 425 kickoff. And, Derek, we had a game tomorrow night, man. Uh, Lions. Yeah, baby. 
Can't come soon Woo! enough. Can't come soon enough. Um, and we'll get into to Travis Kelsey and, and where he's at with the knee that he injured yesterday in practice. He hyperextended it. We'll, we'll give you an update there. Uh, any updates on Chris Jones that we get, if he's going to play in that game or not. But uh, that game, I was looking – I looked at some of the point spreads. Uh, you just kind of get a feel for what Vegas thinks. So that, that line has dipped there. Kansas City's four and a half now. They're minus four and a half. What it's were the, they before? It was like know? six, six and a half. Um, you know, and some of that obviously is due to Kelsey. Yep. And, and some of that is due to, you know, the potential of Chris Jones not not being there. I, I would be surprised. You know, we're at this point. The game's tomorrow. I mean, I don't – barring some kind of craziness, I don't think we're seeing Chris Jones either uh, so, in this thing. So, so last night my wife asked me you know, out of clear blue. She goes, hey – you know, some good, good friends of ours who live up in Mechanicsburg, they're going to be in, in Lancaster tomorrow at a conference, and they wanted to know if we wanted to drive up for dinner tomorrow evening. Right. I looked at my wife. I said, I love them, but no. There's <laughs> a game tomorrow night. No. no. She goes, really? You don't want to go? I said, no. No. <laughs> There's a game tomorrow night. She goes, all you want to do is watch football. Yes. 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 That's what I want to do. It's my time of year. Yes. Yeah. Tell them I love them. They have to understand. I ain't moving tomorrow unless mm-hmm. unless the rapture occurs, unless there is an apocalypse. <laughs> I ain't moving tomorrow night. I ain't yeah. doing it. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I'll be in a doghouse for about 24 hours. But that's all right. I'll live with it. Yeah, you take a beating every once in a while. That's all right. You got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the pitch is, look, the, it, it's not all I want to do is watch football. It's the first game in seven months. That's how, no, you, that's how you sell. All I want to do is watch football. No, yeah. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat all right, it. All right, all right. I'm just trying college to help. Games, you, pro game, yes. When it comes to the college games, I, I, I got to see Colorado play now every week. Mm-hmm. You know, a big Wisconsin Badger fan. I'm a big Florida State fan. I got to see him play. If I can't see him play, I got. I got to follow the score. I got. I got to have it. I got you. It, it's like it's like a weekly injection now, Rob. I listen. I we're here. It. Hey, we waited a long time for this. Okay, we deserve it. You know what I mean? Hey, like, look, I spent the whole offseason doing honeydew list. Okay. Can you do this? Can you fix this? Can you wash this? Can you wash my clothing? Can you do it? Can you iron this? I spent all offseason from September to February is my time. Yep. Now, I don't always win that argument, but for the most part, I do. <laughs> There's some things I will concede. Like if I know, let's say, for instance, if it's the Eagles by week. Yeah. Yeah. And that's know, different. That's different. Yeah. And, and I know I can't see a Packers game. If the Packers game is not the national game, which I don't expect them to be many national games this not year. Not this year, no. I'll throw her a bone and say, all right, hon, we can go this week. This Saturday, we can go to dinner. We can go to lunch. Okay. I, you know, much as I might want to see a big matchup, yeah. I, I'll tape it and, and speed through the game later at night. Fair enough. Do that. Yeah. But for the most part, no. No, no. Uh, I, I'm no. the same way. Look, the good news is, like, there's not even a question on Sundays, right? I mean, oh. and the other thing, we could, we, we're working. So that that's the easiest way to just get that done. The only thing is, I hate all these dang primetime games messing up my lifestyle. I Listen, I hear you. I hear you. I, I'm no. almost, like, happy when it's a 4 o'clock now, you know, as opposed to a, a night game. But oh, yeah. And James, James Jones, you're right, man. FSU looked real good this season opener against LSU especially in that second half. Oh, my goodness. The Seminoles are back, baby. Yeah, back. They, they played a great second half against LSU. They did. The quarterback Woo! was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, he Norville's done a nice job there, uh, their coach, who, who took over from Memphis State. He's done a really good job. All right, Jalen. So you got – I'm sorry, but you got to keep me in prayer, Rob, because – Oh, you're going to need it. I know. I'm going to need it. So, okay. you know, 
And these are really, really good friends we consider like family, but and we haven't seen them this year, you know. Um, yeah. But you picked them. Well, let me, let me pitch this to you. Is there any way – you said they're in Mechanicsburg, right? Is there any they way – They live in Mechanicsburg, but they're in Lancaster. And from my house, Lancaster is only an hour and 15-minute drive. Mm -hmm. But ain't doing it, Rob. Because you'll say, well, we'll go up and come back quickly. No, we won't. No, you won't. No, we won't. Because once we sit down and start talking about old times and, and getting caught up on families and what we're doing and stuff and all the different type of ministries we're working in and stuff like that, it's 9 or 10 o'clock before I even turn around to come home. No, I'm not falling for that trap. No. All right, then you may have just answered what I was going to say. Is there yeah. is there any chance that you'd be willing to have them at your house? Well, they can't leave. They're at a conference. And oh, like, they have to stay there. Okay. All right. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. I was going to try and at least like have it where they came. You did the dinner thing. The game doesn't start till 8. They're out of there. You're good to go. And then you've, you've seen them, and then they're also leaving. Fitness Rebel. I didn't say Lancaster. I said Lancaster. Lancaster. Well, some people like to call it Lancaster. Lancaster. I didn't say Lancaster. Come on, Fitness Rebel. Wake up. Get with the program. <laughs> I didn't say Lancaster. What are you talking about? But it is football, baby. <laughs> folks, from, folks from Lancaster don't like it when you say Lancaster or something like that. They like yeah, it's, it's Lancaster. Lancaster. Yeah, Lancaster. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. All right. Just see, Fitness Rebel, I got you. I know. I know. Gunner's tough. Yeah, she, you know I mean? She's hearing things, You got to keep Gunner in line. It's not Look, easy. She's hearing things, man. She's not listening. I told you. <laughs> she's I, listening. She's obviously listening. It's like the movie White Men Can't Jump. When when, when 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 Wesley Snipes told Woody Harrelson, you might listen to Jimmy, but you ain't hearing Jimmy. Mm -hmm. He was talking about Jimi Hendrix. He said, you listen to Jimmy, but you ain't hearing. See, see Fitness Rebel, you're listening to D-Gun. You didn't hear him. <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. I forget what the quote was who said it, but it, the, there was a line that most people listen waiting for their turn to talk it's rather true. than listening what the words are, you know, that are, that are being spoken. And I'm not saying that's you or Fitness Realm. I'm saying that's, no. uh, I thought no, it was I kind have, of an issue. I have family members like that. I have friends that are like that. Yeah, you know, they're in a conversation, but they're not listening. They're waiting to jump in to get yeah. their point in. A good interviewer is listening to whatever their subject is saying, rather than "Oh my God, on my list, I, I have to ask them about the about week three next." Where you're not even listening yeah, to what the right. person's saying. So anyway. see, I, I have a I have a son-in-law like that also. Uh, my middle daughter's husband, you know, and he does it innocently. But and yeah. my daughter's always correcting him. She'll say, "They're talking." And he'll say, "Oh, I'm sorry." But you know, when you you have when something's a part of your DNA, your habit, it's hard to break. And you know, we just laugh. He doesn't do it intentionally. It's just the way he's always been. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so it's like you're listening, but you ain't hearing. Yes. You're not hearing. You hear, hear me. You gotta hear me. Don't just listen. Oh God! Oh, All right. Did you hear that? Oh, football! Did you hear that, Rob? Thank God. Yes, I heard it. All right, Trust you me. heard that then? Okay. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, all right. So, uh, let me hit you with some individuals here, Gunner, and we're going on the record with the Eagles. So Jalen hurts, uh, last year, 3,700 passing yards, uh, rushing 760, 22 passing TDs, 13 rushing TDs. So let's go on the record. Will he have at least 4,000 passing yards in your estimation, 300 more basically than he had last year. Yes. With the weapons that he has, and we have to keep into consideration, he might've broke 4,000 had he not missed those two games. Yep. You know, and so, he, he wasn't himself in the last game either. No, 
So I would say if he stays upright and breathing, doesn't miss any games, he will easily surpass 4,000 yards passing with the additions of DeAndre Swift in the backfield, throwing the ball more if Dallas Goddard is healthy. I mean, there's a lot of big ifs, but um, I'm saying, yes, he will pass 4,000 yards. What say you, Mr. Ellis? 100%. I I 100% believe that because here's here's another reason, and I'm going to tip my hand for what I'm doing where we're going next. I don't think he's going to want run quite as much. You know, there will be times where he would just tuck it and take off if things weren't there. I think he'll even go through more progressions and buy himself the time in the pocket and deliver a pass. So I think he's going to have more oppor- more passing attempts, even yeah. though they're not throwing maybe a ton more. So yeah. I think he will get over 4,000. All right, touch from the touchdown total, will he have more than 22 passing TDs, Gunner? Yes, I believe so. Yes. If he runs less, he's putting the ball in the air more. He's got the catchers who can go get it. Um, acrobatic catchers, strong, physically tackle-breaking pass catchers. Yes, I will say that he will have more than 22 touchdowns through the air, Mr. Ellis. Yes. I'm going to say 27. I believe. I believe he will I'm have saying, I'm saying 27, D-Gun. I wouldn't Five be surprised more. if he got 30. I would right. not be surprised. Okay. I like that. I like that. Much. All right. Let, let's go then twofold on the running thing. Will he have more or less than 760 rushing yards? I sure hope not. You're hoping he has less. I hope he has less rushing yards, yes. Yeah. I don't want to see him take off and get some fluke injury like he did against the Bears last year. Right. Um, I hope he runs a lot less and he's more effective through the air and the running game is that much more effective to where he doesn't have to put his body in unnecessary harm's way. So I'm going to to lean towards less than – the 700 plus yards you just mentioned, my friend. I definitely think he's at less. Uh, I think he's at less rushing yards. Uh, I and I think it could be. I think he could have 200 less rushing yards, and that that's not a real bad reflection of anything. I think it's just the the maturation that you see. Generally, guys, maybe not like Lamar Jackson, but for the most part, guys who are dual threats as they get on in their career the rushing numbers start to go down a little bit. Uh, I don't think he's going to take it to an extreme like Donovan did where Donovan didn't want to run and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. He'll still, he'll still run, but it's going to be less than that. That's a lot of yards for a quarterback, 760. So I think it goes down. Although I will say this, Derek, I don't know that his touchdown total on the ground changes much because if they get the ball on the one or the two, yep. Yep. they're so successful with that keeper that I, I'm going to say he's right around 13 again on the ground. I will agree with you again, my friend. I believe so. Why turn around and hand the ball off and possibly, you know, when you got that push, if you got that push and nobody can stop it, why not utilize it to your to, as, as your weapon? Yeah. Exactly. I believe he will still have 12 to 14 rushing touchdowns. Yes. Right. Okay. I'm going to go on record and say I agree with Rob Ellis 100% once um, again. Uh, all right. Let's. right. I'm going to set a couple numbers. Uh, I'll get Come on, baby. <laughs> DeAndre Swift, does he get over 600 rushing yards? Ooh, 600. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Catching the ball out of the backfield, swing passes, uh, middle screens, left screen, right screen, wheel routes. Ooh, wow. That's ooh, that's, that's a, tough a tough one. Yeah, because you know, there's so many other guys. There's so many other options. I, I you know, and, and he's gonna catch it. Like you said, he's gonna catch passes too. The most rushing yards he's ever had is around 600 something, isn't it? Yeah, I'll pull it all up. I, I think he is right. I think you're right around that number. Yeah, he, he, I think maybe a little bit more. Let me check. Ooh. 
All right, so he's been at – he got over 621, Derek. He had 617 and 21. Last year he had 521. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty close to where he's at career-wise. I'm going to say he's uh, – uh, that's a push for me. I'm going to say he's going to be right at 600, but with his passing yards, he's going to have a really good season for this team. Okay. Yeah, so he's gone in his career 521 rushing, 617 rushing, 542 rushing. And keep in mind, the most games he's played is 14. So okay. he missed three in his rookie year, three the next year, and two last year. Now, I think let's be over a thousand yards total yards. Yeah, which is which is around what he does. So, like uh, his receiving yards, his rookie year were 357. The next year were 452, mm. and the next year 389. So he's gone over a thousand total his his second year in the league, which was two years ago, and he was pretty close last year. Um, I think the I, only thing that could stagnate him being over a thousand yards in total yards is how does uh, Brian Johnson and Sirianni deploy all of the weapons they have at their disposal? Yeah, you know, I think if you're trying to appease everybody, then everybody's overall numbers could suffer a little bit, but for the greater good of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I'm with you. The the tricky part when you're when you're trying to give people when you're looking at individual numbers with this team is there's a lot of great options. Yes. You know? And that's the hard thing to to really nail down. I think the running backs are, are are harder than anything else. Like you have a pretty good idea that AJ Brown and Devontae Smith if they stay healthy where they're going to be, you know, pretty close, but it's it's hard with the running backs. So, I'm going to I'm going to make it harder here for you. So let Rashad Penny, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna set it at 450 rushing yards. That's a pretty low total here. That's a low bar. Based uh, on his injury history, yes, I will say he will surpass 450. Okay. Yes. Okay. He's gonna be that banger between the tackles for him. Yeah. And I believe with that offensive line getting the push that they do in a run game, he will surpass easily 450 yards rushing. Yeah, and he's I not he could be five hundred. So. He, he sorry to interrupt you. He he's not gonna catch a lot of passes. That that's gonna be swept no. and gain well. So and Boston Scott. And Boston Scott, yeah, uh, all three of them. Um, yeah, all right, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I think 400 in a 17 game schedule, he can get over 400, you know, pretty, pretty easily. And and yes. I, yes, if he stays healthy, yes. yes. You know the the other the other different thing, excuse me, Dark. This year about than than last year is, I don't know that you're going to have the leads that you had last year, where the third quarter and especially the fourth quarter there was a lot more running. Uh, than you had last, than I think you might have this year. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. All right, Goddard. I think Goddard's an interesting case study here because, you know, last year, and we know the biggest thing with him too is missed time. He played 12 games last year and he had 700 yards receiving. So I'll, I'll set it at 850. Does he get 850 receiving yards? Woo! The most he's ever had is what, seven what? The most he has ever had was let me let me pull up his career. So he was seven oh two last year. Career wise, he had eight thirty in in twenty twenty one. He had eight hundred and thirty, and he played fifteen under, games that year. Under eight fifty. Yeah, under. Okay. Under okay. okay. And that's that's because of spreading the wealth. Yeah, and it will be based on matchup matchups for him, and so I believe his. His numbers, he's gonna have he's gonna have a couple of games where he's going to get over hundred yards receiving, but his total numbers will be below a little below 850. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And the other thing is he's got to show you that he can play all 17 games. Yes. 
you know, if he, if he ends up playing all 17, I think he goes over that number, but we haven't seen that out of him, frankly. You yeah. know, that's, that's, that's the reason you really hope, you know, Albert O, whoever ends up being the second guy can play because Goddard does have an injury history here. Um, so you will need that. All right. We're going to jump over to the defensive side of the ball now, uh, statistically. And I'm going to ask you about Hassan Reddick and his sack total, because last year we know, you know, what an unbelievable first year he had as an Eagle and just went absolutely crazy regular season, 16 sacks. So pretty simple, Derek, is he over or under that number? Oh, that's tough because of the quarterbacks he's facing. And he's starting the year with a cast on his Ooh. on his hand. That's going to be a tough one. Rodgers gets rid of the ball. Josh Allen gets rid of the ball. Geno gets rid of the ball. I don't. We don't. And, and to- I can't imagine he's not getting chipped and doubled. And yeah. they're not going to be as dumb as the 49ers to throw a tight end on him, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm going to say under 16. I think so. Too. See, I think he's around 14, and that's yeah. okay too. Like, I, I, you know, that doesn't mean he had a bad year. It's just the way it goes sometimes. You know, and I think, you know, the other thing he did last year was great. I think he caused five forced fumbles. Uh, I look for that to be a key, too, especially when he gets that hand fully healthy and gets that, that cast off. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm I'm, on, I'm an under there, too. I, I'm in the 14-15 range for him, which is a ton of sacks. That's, yeah, still, that's, a, that's still a great number. It really great. is. It really is. Uh, all right, Jalen Carter. Now, maybe unfair to ask you about a sack total because he's a defensive tackle, not an end, but what the heck. I'm going to set it very low. Three and a half. Three and a half sacks for him. For who? Jalen Carter. Three and a half? Yeah. Oh, I want to say more like six or seven. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put him at six or seven sacks. Um, I just think it's going to take a while for teams to really get a lot of film on him to see what he does and does not well. But when you got Fletcher Cox on one side or Jordan Davis that will command double teams and you got him over there in a lot of cases of one-on-one situations with his quickness and strength, I think he's going to have opportunities. They're playing a lot of passing teams. Right. I think he's going to have his opportunities and I think he's going to shine at certain moments of a game. So I'm going to say he's right in a six to seven range. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say, I think he gets, I'm going to say it's four. I'm going to say he gets four. I think it's a good number for a defensive tackle who's a rookie. I, I think that's a fair number. He's going to be good on both. He's not just going to be a, a guy who can get after the quarter. He he's not going to he's not going to approach games like Hargrave did. Hargrave was awesome at getting after the quarterback, but didn't have a ton of interest in playing the run. I don't think that's going to be Jalen Carter. Um, I'm going to I'm going to throw another one at you for Jordan Davis, and it isn't even sacks. QB hits for Jordan Davis. Okay. Five. That's not even a sack. That just means he at some he made contact with the with the quarterback even after he maybe delivered the ball. Five for for an entire season. I, I he should get that. That's feasible. Yes. Yeah. Because his job description is more is to take up space to allow people around him to do other things. Yep. But I do think he's going to get at least five. Mm-hmm. As big as he is, he's still a very quick man for that size. Yeah. Um, and so I think yes, five. I think he'll exceed five. I'll go okay. there. Yeah. All right. That's good to know. I mean, I, I look, I think you know, when you're talking about somebody of that of that ilk, it's a big year for him, you know, where they yes. you traded up to get him. Um, you know, I think I think most people have been pretty fair with him, Derek, where they said, Look, he was a rookie, he had the high ankle, he got the concussion, 
okay, let, you know, you're learning the league a little bit. You feel like you're, you've told us you're in great condition, the best condition you've ever been in. Now we need to see it. He, he is very much like, like if, if, let me tell you something, Derek. If, if this year looks like last year with him, then the heat starts on him a little bit. Now, some of that might – he might get lucky because his former teammate might take some of that off of him if Jalen Carter's awesome. But, you know, Jordan Davis is, is going to start getting noticed this year, where last year I think people were for the most part saying, okay, we got you, man. You're, you're just kind of learning. Now you need to start seeing it. Mm. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, we, we, we know we're in a highly uh, critical market. A, a well-versed market in the art of football, um, a very intelligent football uh, region. Yep. Everything is magnified even more so. So, yes, I'll, I'll agree with your assessment there. Okay. All right. He, he's a big one, too. All right. Let me throw one more at you. Um, I'm on record. I think that Joshua will lead them in sacks. Oh. Yes. But I'll set it at a realistic number. Um, 12, 12, it's one more than he had last year over under. <clears throat> yes, I do think, um, because you can't just, you can't just double up everybody with this, with this front. I do think you'll have plenty of one-on-one opportunities to showcase his skills. Mr. Ellis, I'm going to go on record with you and over. say 12 over. Yes. Over. Yes. All right. All right. I'm going to go on record. Yes. All right. So that's good. We're right here. We're right here today, Rob, right here. Um, will anybody else, all right, other than Sweat, other than Hassan Reddick, I'll say those two. Will anybody else be in double digits? Will BG, Brandon, will, Brandon Graham. Any, will anybody else be in double digit sacks? If, if they, if Brandon Graham stays right around 35% snaps, even say 38, I think he's going to be so fresh in the fourth quarter, he's going to get his opportunities. And at 35, Brandon still has that quickness to get a jump on a tackle before he can he gets set in his stance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's a good possibility. Brandon Graham will wait his entire career to get double-digit sacks last year. Came okay. close once before. Okay. I think he's had a taste, and he knows what it's like and what it takes. And if this is his swan song, he wants to go out, go out an individual blaze of glory in that regard. Yes, I'm going to say Brandon Graham will get double-digit sacks again this year, back-to-back years. I like it. All right, speaking of BG, so one of our great uh, viewers, uh, Brendan McVie, who who is always locked in on the show, Derek. He's always making reference to the show. He's he's an awesome, awesome uh, fan of the show. So he ran into BG. This was right uh, when the Eagles had a couple days off last week uh, down at the Icona, down the shore. And he said he couldn't have been nicer. And he gave a shout out to D Gun. I'll, I'll read what, what he said because <laughs> Brendan said to him, you, 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 you were on with my boys, you know, Derek and Rob. Uh, was, he, was, he was going in the pool with the kids. He was playing with his kids. Uh, and I want to read what he, what he said. So he said, uh, uh, D Gun, he is a good, good, good dude. And he said, Robbie E, you are the man. Can't wait for the three hours of power later on. <laughs> so that was uh, a that's my boy BG. BG is uh, he's all over it, man. It's gonna be fun to watch him this year, that's for sure. All right, so that's us going on record. You know where we're at, so you can you can throw it in our face later in the year <laughs> when we're nowhere near <laughs> any of these predictions. Um, so when we come back, Derek, we'll do a we'll do a hybrid, uh, as we like to say, we'll do a little Phillies, little Sixers, and then at two o'clock in our NFL segment. 
Man, there's a ton of stuff to get to here. Uh, well, I'll give you an update on Chris Jones. I'll give you an update update on Joe Burrow. I'll give you an update on Chandler Jones, who went off on social media. Tons of stuff to get to uh, at 2 o'clock with the NFL segment. But we come back a little Phils and a little Sixers. Ramona Shelbourne, very interesting story on James Harden and the Sixers. We'll do all that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about proaction restoration. Yes, if you have a home, you have a business, you go through the inconvenience and, and really the fear of, uh, of you know fire, smoke, water, mold damage to your property. You're not really sure what to do or who to call. Proaction restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week, meaning whenever you need them, you need them on a Saturday, like I did, and they got right out, fixed up the problem, cleaned it up, great price, great crew. You need them on a holiday. It's nighttime, whatever. I mean, these stuff, this stuff doesn't happen you know, when it's convenient, usually. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So listen, it's all of the above and then some. Water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation. But if there's something else, it, believe me, they can handle it or they can tell you what the best route to go would be. Uh, mold remediation is another thing. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? That's the gun. I'm Rob Ellis. Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network hanging out with you on this hump day. I didn't even give you a hump day. I was, I was, <laughs> I was so into my countdown, Derek. I got to make sure I get that right for you, man. The countdown. Woo! Oh, man, it's beautiful. Man. It is beautiful. All right. Uh, what wasn't beautiful was the Phillies last night. Th- this oh, was, geez. This oh. was a non-compete. This was a lay down and, you know, uh, th- there was one play made in the game. Sosa made a great leaping play. Other they than did. that, th- th- there, was, there was nothing else in that game. Uh, they lose 8 nothing to the Padres. This, look, they won the first game. If they can take today, they do salvage the series, and that's that's really what you're looking to do, obviously. But the problem is, Derek, okay, the, the bats went silent last night. You don't like it. It happens from time to time in baseball. But the trend of bad pitching continues here. So Michael Lorenzen last night, six innings, eight hits, seven runs, just one strikeout, three walks, a home run, and it took him 94 pitches to get through that. So here's the crazy thing. He comes out of the shoot here, Derek, when they trade for him. He goes eight innings, allows two runs against the Marlins. He was great. Throws the no-hitter against the Nats after that. And you're thinking, this is the greatest trade in the history of baseball that Dave Dombrowski made. The problem is, after those two starts, the last four, 21 innings, 22 runs, 32 hits, Okay, he's one and two with an eight one four ERA. He's Jeez. been a disaster since then. He threw 124 pitches in the no hitter and doesn't appear to have recovered from that. Like I'm so, look, I, I know these some of this stuff with the pitch count is in place for good reason, and I'm not I'm not going to go all like Gran Torino on you, but it's been a while since the no hitter. Like he's still not over that yet. Yeah, yeah. People keep saying you know um, Rob Thompson shouldn't have had him throw 130 pitches he's way beyond okay that he's had extended rest you know so we can't use that 130 pitches nonsense okay that's one time the entire season you know these are grown men finely tuned machines that are that are displaying their craft he's that should not affect him in any way shape or form but yesterday prime example first couple of innings not bad gets through relatively unscathed i'm telling you it was nola-itis I'm telling you, and all of a sudden, one inning is start to unravel. One inning, uh, his breaking balls are hovering across the place like flying saucers. His fastball had no, had, didn't have a zip on it. I mean, even when San Diego was fouling pitches off, they were fouling pitches with authority. Yeah, off of him. Yep. And you had 53 strikes and 94 pitches. He's all over the place. Yep. Rob, you know, you brought up the stat, and I had the other one is since the no hitter in 21 innings. He's given up 19 earned runs. Ugh. 19 earned runs since the no-hitter. And I'm thinking, okay, what are you going to do? Move him to the bullpen? Hey, step aside, Soto, Alvarado, Sir Anthony, you know, Kimbrell. Y'all got the same disease. Yeah. 
So what's uh, putting him in the bullpen going to do? Well, here, here, here's here's what I'm thinking. Maybe may work. I think more than even the the 124 pitches he threw in the no hitter, he's at a career high 143 and two thirds innings pitched between yes. Detroit and Philly. Maybe if you put him in the pen, it's less. It, it's an inning. It's maybe two innings if you're if you're looking to, to for him to give you a little bit of length. Maybe the the just the lack of innings helps him. He's pitched in the bullpen before. I don't know, man. Like I'm desperate. I'm desperate at this point because after Wheeler, it is it is like coin flip, throw the dart against the wall, blindfold it, praying something sticks to the wall. Like that's what it's gotten to at this point. Right. We keep talking about putting everybody in the bullpen. You only have one starter, and that's Wheeler. <laughs> and I'm still not sold. You heard me say it yesterday. Let me reiterate it again today. I'm still not sold on Wheeler. Yeah. When he's on the mound. Now he's the best of the lot, but he's still not. Lockdown Zach Wheeler that I've been expecting all season. Yeah, you know, so you can't have everybody in the bullpen. You know, you, you Taiwan is, is is off. You know, every who every, Nola's Nola's way off. Who you who's starting for you? I don't know. Who's, who's I don't know. I, like I'm 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 sitting here without answers. Like I don't know what you do. I I mean, really, all you have is hope. I'm calling Rob Ellis out of the bullpen, and hope's not a plan. Yeah. I'm calling Rob out of the bullpen. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Rob, you've been sitting around all season doing nothing. Your arm's fine. I know you can throw at least 75-mile-an-hour fastball, at least. All right, Derek, whatever you need, man. I don't know what your breaking pitch is like, but I know you can at least fool them. If you got some decent junk, you can at least fool them with a 75-mile-an-hour fastball. uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll be be Jamie Moyer out there. Uh, But, no, I mean, I just – I wonder – you know, I look at this thing, and and I, the Cubs, by the way, are are creeping. The the Cubs are creeping. So the Cubs last night, they were I think they were down early in that game to the Giants, and then came back and won. They play at two twenty, so they play in a little while. Um, but you know, Derek, they're only a game and a half back now of the Phillies for the number one spot in the wild card. So Chicago's coming at the rate they're going. I I fully believe. Phillies are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. The way they're playing right now, Rob, and you still got the Marlins coming up. You got some big, you got two big series with the Braves coming up. This pitching staff can't continue down this trend, dude. Yeah. But they're going to be, they're going to be the number three wild card team to keep this up. They are. And, and you can't do this against these teams that are going to be playing in the playoffs. You can't ask your offense to always bail you out. You can't ask them to put up a, a nine spot and you still barely survive it. Like, Really, what has to happen, and it, it's as simple as this. It was. It's just like earlier in the year when we talked about the top five hitters in the lineup. And Rob Thompson and, and Dave Dombrowski all said, we can go out and make trades, but if these guys don't start playing, it doesn't matter. And we can sit here and try and move pieces around and all that, but if, if, if Wheeler and Nola and Suarez and Alvarado and Sir Anthony and Kimbrell don't start pitching. Keep going. Keep going. Right. Keep I'm going. saying, but if, if, if all those things don't happen, it won't matter anyway. They're done. Like they're done if they don't start pitching better. Plain and simple. And, and where's your boy Harper? What is he like? Oh, for his last 20 now? What, where's you see Harper? what he did? He shaved the beard. I know. And that didn't help, did it? No, no. He is. He's very superstitious, man. Uh, yeah, he's in a funk right now. I, I don't know that he doesn't just need to get the off day and get back home. He seems to thrive here. Um, but yeah, he's, he's in, a, he's in the throes of one. I mean, nobody hit last night, but he, he seems to be in the middle of one right now and he, and he good. And, so, and, so, 
And see, Barbara Carroll throws in, where is it here? These things are moving fast and furious. D-Gun, the playoffs were given since July. Don't you want to win something? LOL. Yes, but realistically, this team, I just said two weeks ago, was definitely in control of the number one wild card seed. Now, I'm not so sure with this team. Pitching is killing this team. You can hit all the home runs you want. It looks good on paper. But if you have no pitching to go with that, eventually, guess what's going to happen? You're going to find you're going to go up against these pitching staffs like Milwaukee, Atlanta, the Dodgers. That can that can handcuff your pitching staff and those teams, by the way, hit. Milwaukee, I still can't figure out. The worst hitting team in the National League, yet they scored 14 runs in two games against the Phillies. I can't figure it out. Well, I mean, some of it, you know, some of this pitching sucks. Well, you're you're not wrong. Uh, Some of this can be attributed to hopefully baseball where it's streaky. It is. You know, uh, you'll you'll see the offense disappear for a week and then boom, all this without any explanation, they're back. You'll see the the pitching go south, guys booting balls in the field they don't normally – I'm hoping that's what this is a little bit. You, you're, you won't, we are kind of in the dog days uh, of the season. Um, the, the nice news, the good news for the Phillies is you have about three weeks now um, and, and even a little bit more than that. So there's okay. time to get it together. But right now it doesn't look good. I'll be the first one to admit. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you see the, the Braves riding that proverbial roller coaster up and down? Do you see the Dodgers riding that proverbial roller coaster up and down? No. No. Do you see their pitching staffs riding that proverbial roller coaster up? No. Those are the dudes you got to match up with. Yeah. You know, and and you you you've still got plenty of time, but you you got to get it together. We've been talking about this since July, Rob. Yeah. And it still hasn't it hasn't leveled out yet. Why? Mm-hmm. Now on paper, is the is 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 the Phillies roster any worse than the Dodgers or the Braves? Uh on paper, no. Now, the Braves are killing people up with home runs. I yeah. get it. But when you look man for man, personnel for personnel, neither one of those teams on paper should be any better than the Phillies. Yeah. That's pitching and, and, and hitting. The big glaring difference is the P- Phillies pitching has failed them too many times, while the Dodgers and the Braves pitching has been consistent. Yeah. yeah. You know, the no, Dodgers, you're right. You're right. Dodgers and Braves may lose two games, you know. But they're, they're putting together seven, eight, nine game winning streaks. You want to you want to hear something crazy? So, Dodgers are ninety and forty seven. That in and of itself is crazy. But their run differential is plus two thirty five. Know what the Phillies is? It's plus sixty five. The Phillies are the second place team in the East. Think about what a good year Baltimore's had. You know what their 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 run differential is? It's what? plus one oh five. Tampa go. Bay's is plus 186. Atlanta's plus 230. Like the Dodgers are plus 163. Atlanta's plus 235. This is an historic season they're having. Right. Yeah. But they're also, Derek, a team that's done it a lot in the regular season and come up small in the in the, in the postseason. Yes, they have. No question. There's a lot of pressure on them going into the playoffs. There really is. I can um, remember, you know what? Historically, when you talk about Atlanta, remember that stretch when they won a division title 15 years in a row? Yeah, the Chipper Jones years. Yeah. And they won one World Series that whole time. One. That's yes. it. They and they're Cleveland. the same team. They're a really good team. They get to the playoffs and they choke. Yeah. And so they probably will do the same thing again this year. Ronald Acuna is having a year of a lifetime this yep. year. Yep. You know, and the way they're hitting the ball now, and, and I said a couple of weeks ago, 
they're scoring over 50% of their runs due to home runs. Yep. That's unheard of in baseball. Incredible. It's crazy. It's crazy. 50% of your runs are by way of home runs. Yeah. They're crushing yep. the ball. They jump on teams, you know, right from the beginning. All right, let me give you the lineup for today. Again, 4-10 uh, start time. Here we go. Schwarber leads off. He's DHing. Alec Bohm hits second. He's playing third. Harper's at first, hitting third. Keep in mind, Trey Turner's on paternity leave, right? Yep. So if you're wondering where he's at, he's he, he will not play today. Uh, Nick Castellanos bats fourth. He's in right. Bryson Stott hits fifth at second. Real Muto back in the lineup. He's catching, hitting sixth. Brandon Marsh hits seventh and center. Sosa will play shortstop again. He'll bat eighth. Jake Cave is batting ninth and playing left field. So there's your no no real surprises. And who's pitching? Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah. I like those odds. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, let's I'm jump off, over. I'm let's, off the bandwagon. I'm off the. I'm going to be off the ledge if Wheeler pulls a Lorenz in a day. If he deals today, yeah. If he if he pulls a Lorenz in a day or a Nola today. I'm going to be screaming, Rob. I'm going to be screaming. You'll be able to hear me. I'll hear you from Coco. I are. will hear you from Delaware. Yes. Uh, Delaware to Delaware County. I'll be able to yes. hear you. All right. Um, interesting piece by Ramona Shelbourne today. Okay. Uh, on ESPN.com. She kind of chronicles the way the, the, the whole year up until where we are now unfolded with Harden and the Sixers. And she walked you through a couple of, you know, moments here. So a couple, a couple observations, Derek. Um, Harden clearly was under the understanding that I'll take a little bit less money and I'll sacrifice some of my scoring game because I will get paid on the back end of this thing by the Sixers. He, I'm, I'm, get, I'm telling you, like, his mindset. This doesn't necessarily jive with what the Sixers, I, I think, told him or whatever, but nonetheless. Uh, he clearly didn't get along with Doc. They had a couple of blow-ups during the season. Doc, the, the Sixers allowed Harden a couple of times to to travel on an off day to wherever he wanted to go. Yeah, get that party in, man. Not not on the team charter back to Philly, which, according to Shelbourne, happens with players in the NBA. It's not uncommon. Okay, you make allowances for certain guys. Okay, whatever. But that rub rivers the wrong way. And there was a, at a practice, they were going through like a film session and something got screwed up and Doc made reference. Hey, you don't even fly back on the plane with us, whatever. Like I clearly, he and Doc were like this. Okay. They didn't get along. And and he, he played a part in Doc getting canned. Um, so what we get to where we are now, uh, or, or at least to the off season, Harden's got a decision to make whether to opt in or opt out. He's Harden, according to the story, Harden's people are uh, reaching out to Maury and the Sixers and the Sixers weren't getting back. Harden took that very personally, like he was getting ghosted by a buddy. The Sixers response is it was a time period where we weren't allowed to talk to you. And in fact, we got nailed the year before for tampering. So we had to lay low because the league was all over us. Believe whoever you want to believe. I'm just this is what the story said. For, that's where it really started to fall apart with Harden. Harden and his people initially thought there was going to be a robust market for him, okay? Meaning he was going to have suitors for, you know, 40 million a year, whatever. And there weren't suitors for 40 million a year. So he, he read the landscape, opted in, in part with the, hey, I'm opting in. Since you guys didn't give me something long-term, you got to trade me. And this is also where there's a breakdown here of, of one side. He said, he said, 
Harden is framing it kind of like the Sixers were like, hey, we'll get you out of here. And, you know, the, the, the reports on the Sixers side were like, we told him we'd try and trade him, but we can't guarantee you we're going to be able to get him to the Clippers. He wanted to go to the Knicks too. Anyway, it, it, there's not a ton of light that shed on things, but you could see how it started to fracture in the story. And I don't know that this is tenable. Like they still haven't traded him. And then we're not all that far away from them starting camp. This thing's a mess. It's a mess. Okay. I don't care what he said. She said the bottom line is James Harden is still getting 35 million. For $35 million, I play in Bangladesh, okay, for $35 million, all right? Yeah. Number one. Number two, even if he felt he was lied to, you're a grown man in a business. You know what? What you've done is basically upset the apple cart because a lot of people were still depending on you. And I understand your feelings are hurt. But you get out there and you be a professional and you play the game. You don't come out of your face talking about I'll never play for this organization again. This he lies, she lies. Nobody cares about that, dude. The bottom line is you're a professional athlete making thirty-five million dollars, mm-hmm. and I do believe twofold. Number one, there was some lying going on somewhere on the Sixers' part. They may have promised him something that they couldn't deliver on. And number two, the yeah. Sixers may have priced him out of the market in terms of what they wanted in return. Because if you look at the teams that surfaced in terms of who they were potentially trading with, mm-hmm. Phoenix, Clippers, Cleveland, they all bowed out real quick. They yeah, couldn't they wait to announce that we're out of the James Harden sweepstakes. I believe the Sixers are trying to get too much back for James Harden at his age, 33 years of age, and the money couple excess of $40 million. And they tried to okay, well, we can't go to plan A. Let's go to plan B. Let's go to plan C. All the plans ended up being a failure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at this stage, there needs to be a closed-door meeting between James Harden, Maury, Elton Brand, everybody, put everything on the table. And whether you come out buddy-buddy singing Kumbaya again, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is you either play or you sit out. You're not getting paid. You're getting fined. Are you really going to snub your nose at $35 million? And at this point, as we've discussed all summer, do you want James Harden on the 76ers? No. Now, the Sixers are a better team if Harden's on the floor playing James Harden basketball. Right. But considering what has transpired this summer, do you even want James Harden in Philadelphia? No. No. Because you know it's going to be a disruptive fact. Who's to say he's going to comply with what Nick Nurse wants? You got a new head coach trying to build something here. You don't need this dude being a disruptive factor over here. I, I don't, I don't here's the thing, Derek. I, I I don't think he's done. Like the notion that he's just going to report and everything's going to be fine. He's not, he's going to do something else. Like he's going to do something along the lines of, I, you know, like he did in China, he's going to do the same thing. There, there's going to be something else coming. You know, my takeaway from all this is more than anything else. What's that? I, like you, you want to, you want to take a side here and back somebody. I don't want to back either one of these. I don't I mean, want hard nor the Sixers. A hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent. I don't like anybody in this. I don't either. Both sides screw this thing up beyond yeah. repair. To be honest. Yes. Now, the 76ers have to move forward no matter who they're putting on the court. James Harden has a business decision to make. You've already come out of your face and said, I will not play for the 76ers again. 76ers can't move you. Because even if, even if I want James Harden out of town, if I'm the 76ers, I'm not giving him away from the ninth, 10th, 11th man on the bench. Yeah. You know, in return, I need to get some value back for James Harden. Plain and simple. 
Yeah. With James, by coming out of your face saying you'll never play for the 76ers again, coupled with your history of being able to get out of contracts in Houston, in Brooklyn, you have put us at a severe disadvantage in terms of trying to move you now. Right. And, and the other thing that I the, – the, two more takeaways, Derek, from this. One, Harden clearly still thinks he's Houston Harden. Like he still thinks he's the guy who should be paid $40 million a year. He still thinks he can be right there at, you know, as a leading scorer in the NBA. And he's just not that guy anymore. And the league doesn't think he's that guy. He it, it went into detail about how he didn't get voted to the all-star game and that ticked him off. Right. But Adam Silver uh, was going to use him. There was a couple guys who were banged up who did, who couldn't play. And Silver and the NBA had reached out to Harden and Harden, you know, wasn't returning any kind of messages. So then, then Silver moved on. So he, he doesn't have a love around the NBA either on top of everything else. Um, I, I just think he's, he's to an extent living in the past. Like I get it. He's got confidence in himself, but you got to be realistic too. The other thing is, and this is what's going to really, I think, tick off Sixers fans. So Josh Harris in the, at the very end of the piece is quoted as saying most teams, uh, in the league would change places with us in five minutes, meaning we're such a good team even though there seems like there's always a lot of this controversy floating around that most teams would change places with us in five minutes. Like you talk about an organization patting itself on the back for having gotten to the second round of the playoff. Like who cares if you win 50 games in the regular season? Who cares? Josh Harris. Josh Harris said it. He's quoted in there. Does he have a concussion? (laughs) Is he concussed? I feel like I'm concussed after getting, after going what, through all what this. Is, what is it about his 76ers right now? Does he believe that's so appealing? This is a natural disaster. Uh, you got people on the outside looking in, laughing at this stuff that's going on right now. I, you, have two, you have two key players on your team. You have Maxi and you have Embiid. And Embiid came out today and says, you know, hey, he's willing to focus on basketball, uh, even though this mess is going on. What else do you expect Embiid to say? Uh, right, right. He, you can't force him to take a side in this issue. He, he, here's the question with Embiid. At what point, and maybe after this year, does he just say, I, I, I'm done with all this. Like, I, I, I need to move on. I'm done with all the drama. We go through all this stuff and we don't win. Like, I, it's got to be coming soon. If I'm Embiid, I'm, please trade me before the deadline. Please. Yeah. Please, I've given you everything I have, and maybe a, a past failures is partly on me, but I feel I need a fresh start somewhere. Can you please get me out of this Bermuda Triangle that I'm in right now? Mm-hmm. Please. That's yeah. all I ask. Just send me. I don't care where you send me at this point. If I have a no-trade clause, I'll even waive it. That's how bad I want to get out of here. Just get me out of here, please. Yeah, it, it, it's tough, man, because it's like – and I think I speak for most Sixers fans. Like, you're exhausted. You, you, it's so tiring, all this crap. And the other thing is, like, you're going to be kicking off a season here, Derek, where you have the Eagle season w- will be, a, what, about a month underway. Uh, the Phillies will, if, if all goes well, at least they'll be playing in the playoffs. It's going to be like a total afterthought at the beginning of yes. the season. Maybe that's good for them yes. if people aren't even noticing this. Yeah, but Rob is going to surface his head real soon. Yeah, it is. Because it is. the closer we get to the opening of training camp, we're going to hear more from Morey. We're going to hear more from Harden. And it's going to be a, a big mess all over again. And Harden, based on what we've seen this summer, can't can't stop speaking his mind. So it's going to turn off more teams. 
if I'm a team trying to build something in a positive light and thinking we have a nucleus that can do some things this year, why would I want James Harden on my roster? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just think, you know, Maury's looking at it from a basketball value standpoint. Like I'm not giving away for nothing. And I'm looking at it saying it's going to be more of a headache than it's worth to keep the guy around. You're better off taking a lesser return and just move. Sometimes, you know, it is in life, Derek. Sometimes it's just not worth your time or your angst to go through some battles. You're just better off moving on. You, you know, even if you, even if it's looked at as a perceived loss, exactly. I, I think you're better off just moving on. Anyway. And Barbara, Barbara Carroll makes another good point. D-Gun, why the heck is Danny Green on this team? We were talking about that in the pre-show meeting. Can't oh. figure it out. This is this just goes from bad to worse. Why in the world did you bring Danny Green back? What is Danny Green going to add to this team? I know he's, he's explained it to me. I don't know. He's cooked. I I I don't know. I don't. I, I, I It makes me think they don't have a plan. That's what it makes me think. It makes me think they don't have a plan. They're just they're grasping at straws, man. They don't on the surface, Rob. They don't. No. This thing is so out of control right now, and there's no way to reel it back in right now. It's been a bad off season. It really has. But it's I a bad think- look. I do think there needs to be one of those closed door kumbaya meetings between Harden, Moray, Elton Brand, and the whole brain trust. Even get Josh Harris in there. Yeah. And I know Josh is focused on his Washington Commanders right now since he bought that team. I get it. But Josh Harris, you need to come, you need to come down off of Cloud Nine and get back in here and fix this thing. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you know. He's on high right now. Come down on, off of off of the mountain. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do some let's do some NFL. When we come back. Let's let's get off with the Sixers, please. All right, so we're talking. Fired up, Rob. I know we're all fired up, man. Let's let's do uh, uh, let's do our NFL stuff when we come back. A bunch of bunch of updates, some the Chandler Jones stuff. Bizarre. Uh, there's a lot going on here that we'll get into uh, when we return. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, time to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Yes. Flynn Tree Services, an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, as well as northern Delaware. Uh, You could go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information. You also get a sampling of their work on there, recommendations and whatnot. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com, flynntreeservices.com. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild. 
and time stand still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Bella, soon to be Derek Gunn, hanging out with you on this Wednesday, September 6th, uh, as we gear up for the Eagles and the Patriots 425 on Sunday. There's, It's a good card uh, on Sunday, actually starting with tomorrow night's game with the Chiefs and the Lions. Um, that That's going to be a fun one to watch. It's going to be an interesting one because we, we don't know. Uh, and I'll get to Travis Kelsey in a second here. But we don't know who's going to be playing, who's going to be dressed, you know, et cetera. But there's a there's a bunch of good games on the card this week. I'll, I'll I'll quickly highlight a couple of the games that I'm looking forward to. Bengals Browns definitely one I'm looking forward to. Battle the Ohio. I think the Browns are going to be better than people think. I'm a big fan of Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, I think the Titans and the Saints is an interesting game. That game's in New Orleans. I think the 49ers and the Steelers is a really good game. I'm looking forward to that one as well. Uh, of course the Eagles, but Dolphins Chargers is going to be a good one. The Sunday night game. Cowboys and the Giants, and of course the Monday night game, the Bills at the Jets are all going to be fun. D Gun is back with us. What's up, Gunner? How you doing? Hey man, sorry about that, man. But uh, right. my daughter and son-in-law. My son-in-law is a big deer hunter, so he just bought a brand new quad. You all see oh, this boy. thing? Oh, so he's out. So was he, he out in the yard with it? He just bought it like down the road from me. I didn't even know they had a quad dealership okay. down here. So he just bought it brand new. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, doesn't understand no. I said, I got a three minute break here. Dad, you got to come outside to see this thing. I go outside right. this and you get sharp, dude. Is it nice? What color? It'll seat, it'll seat like three to four people. You know, you can carry a deer on the back of it when wow. you shoot your deer and all that stuff. Dude, this thing is like the I'm fanatics. Sitting, like, just look at the Philly fanatics uh, job there. Bigger. Yeah. Okay. Dude, all right. Nice. I'm going to live with my daughter and son in law because they, you know, they got, um, they got deep pockets. They have all the toys. I like it. Uh, uh, Xander, it's a Honda. Xander wanted to know what kind. It's oh, a Honda. Honda. Okay. Yeah, this thing, this thing is sweet. It's like a um, 
It's a it's like a greenish tan, you know, kind of blends okay. in with the scenery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big wheels on it, um, dude. This thing, this thing is sick, you know. Nice. And nice. I'm thinking, you know, they, you know, I said, hey, we can drive it around the yard too to get a feel because they've got like my daughter. They live on a uh, property is like almost four acres. Right. Your yard is huge. You can ride around the whole house and never come close to the street. That's I awesome. I'm gonna come down and drive this thing I'm to test it out. You, when she's close to you, right? You get over there and do it. Yeah. I Wait, like that, that. Daz, Daz said, "Do you know what model?" Let me. I'll text him that Daz and ask him right now because you know there's a lot of people like the hunt. I know it's All a right. Honda. All right. So Gunner, I'm Gunner will take care of you. He'll find out. All right. I'm trying to catch my breath at the same time here. Okay. All right, you get it. You get that. In the meantime, um, so here's the here's the latest, Derek, on uh, on Travis Kelsey. So basically, what they're going to do with him, he's going to go out there and practice today which is, I guess, like a glorified walkthrough because they play tomorrow. But he's going to go out there, test it, see what he can do. That's where they're at with him with the knee. He's going to go out there, do some exercises, some drills, try and move around. Look, he might be the most incredible healer ever, and this might not even be a thing. But if I'm Kansas City, I'm being real careful with this one in terms of putting him out there tomorrow night. I I just, I, I I would err on the side of caution, man, in this one. Um, when I look at this Kansas City offense, it reminds me so much similar to when Tom Brady and the Patriots were in their heyday. You know, we always said, man, they lost so-and-so. They're not going to do this and not going to do that. Kansas City's offense is structured to where you can put anybody in that offense. They alter it and they will succeed as long as that man named Mahomes is under center. Right. And I do believe, okay, it's a big loss not having Kelsey in there, but this team, especially at home with Patrick Mahomes on the center, can still win that game. You can't say that about a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 the Eagles and they have they lost key personnel, they lost Dallas Goddard. Machine kept rolling. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I think Kansas City's offense is the same way. Now they're playing an offense that could possibly match them point for point, mm-hmm. but Kansas City has more experience in big games than Detroit does. Yep. And so yep. I weigh all that into consideration. And while Kelsey is, is a big loss, if he's not on that field tomorrow night, I fully, I still expect Kansas City to win that game. That's my biggest thing is, man, when you have a magic man like Patrick Mahomes, he'll figure yeah. something out. He'll, he'll figure out ways. He, he is, he's one of a kind. All right. So let, let's stay on the Kansas City thing. Chris Jones was at a charitable event today. He was at a, a team charity event for the Ronald McDonald House of Kansas city. Um, and he was asked to discuss specific details of his contract stalemate with the chiefs. And he said, simply he was asking for a raise emphasized that he does not want to be a distraction to his teammates. Went on to say, I can't really talk about it. Hopefully it gets worked out. It's always been my goal to be a Kansas city chief for life. I've said that on multiple social media platforms, uh, from interviews, they know where my position is at. Hopefully we can get something done for the long term. He was then asked, hey, if you guys reach a deal today, can you play? He said, if a deal gets done, I'll be out there tomorrow. That's, that's yeah. it. That's if, if, if he hasn't been in training camp, nope. hasn't been practicing for what's coming up this week, nope. there's no way I'm putting him out on the field. I don't care what he says. You're not ready. You need yeah. another week to shock your body into some kind of playing shape. I wouldn't put you out there. I don't care how you work it out on your own. It's not the same as game shape. you know. So, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting you out there. Hey, uh, let's see, who was asking me? Xander and 
let's see. Who oh yeah, that? what was the what's the model and what was the uh, what what was the make? All right, so it was so a, it's Honda, a Honda. What kind? What kind? It's of a Honda Foreman TRX five twenty. Honda Foreman TRX five twenty. Yep, TRX five twenty. I don't even want to tell you what they pay for this thing. I mean, you kidding me? <laughs> so <laughs> probably more than my car for for for, for a weekend toy. All right, yeah. for a deer hey. hunting. Toy. But this is a small one compared. You know, I watch a lot of the hunting shows on the Outdoor Channel. You should see some of these quasi's dudes are wearing with canopies over the top of them. It's like having a golf cart with four seats. You can seat four people in them. Plus, you have a rack on the back to drag the deer, put the deer in the back. You know, because you know, hey man. People out there deer hunting having heart attacks, man. You ain't dragging a 150-pound deer it's through heavy. the woods two or three miles. So, yeah, um, yeah, he's like – I told him I told him I did it, and I did it in front of my daughter because he does this all the time for me um, in, in my wife. He stands behind my wife and agrees with her no matter what. And he's an Eddie Haskell. Like, he's, he's Eddie Haskell. Oh, yeah. He's like my son. He's like my yeah. son, Jordan. Yeah. yeah. He stands behind his mom and, and smiles to get at me. So I walk outside. I see it. And the first thing I said was, you know, Josh? You didn't smile this much when you walked down the aisle and said, I do to my daughter. Oh. And oh. my daughter looked at him like this. <laughs> and he's like, really? You really go? I'll say, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's pretty cold, man. That's pretty cold. Oh, no, it's not. No, mm. no, it's not cold at all. That's that's retribution. Okay. It's cold. Okay. And I said, Anna. And I told her, I told her, I said, Anna, I said, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry that you're now being divorced by an, uh, a quad. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sorry. And he's <laughs> like, He's, he's like, he's like, no rides man. for you, man. No rides for you. You're and, done. And Rob, while I'm doing this, I'm standing behind my daughter like this. <laughs> oh yes, you know uh, you, you can't out you can't outmaneuver Line games. I got a I, I got a master's degree in this. You can't outmaneuver me. I, you might get me today. Who are you telling? I know. I know what you're. <laughs> you might get me today, but I'm yeah. coming tomorrow. Okay. See, I'm coming back tomorrow. See. All right, let me update you on a couple other things. Joe Burrow, yep. uh, full practice. They like the way he's looking. It seems like there's no issues here. He's he's uh, he's ready to roll. So, uh, you know, in case there's any question with the Cavs, so okay. he's ready to roll. All right, he's ready to roll. I want to see yep. Joe Burrow on the center. Um, Brian Burns, uh, although his he's he's named a captain. Yes. Status still uncertain, but it looks like he's at practice today. That one's been a weird one. Uh, mm. I, here, if you're asking me my gut, I think Brian Burns plays on Sunday. That's just me. Ooh. I don't think we're seeing Chris Jones tomorrow. I don't think we're seeing Nick Bosa on Sunday, but I think Brian Burns will play. I do. How long has he been out? When did he walk away? Last week? Yeah, but that, but again, he was there. I think I saw a picture of him at practice today. Like, I don't know if he was participating, but he's at least there. Okay. That's a little okay. better than what's, you know, they haven't seen Bosa or Jones, either one of those two teams. You know what I mean? So, okay. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just one to keep your eye on as far as that goes. Um, Jerry Jones, <laughs> Jerry being Jerry. So Jerry says, uh, you know, he took a lot of heat for the Trey Lance trade. He said, yep. I don't need to consult with anybody. I'm the owner and the GM. If I want to make a damn trade, I'll make a damn trade, <laughs> which I, I kind of respect. I hate to admit it. I kind of respect that a little. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like old senile Jerry talking, but <laughs> I will say this. Yeah. He's telling the truth. It's his toy. He can do what he wants. Now, yeah. normally the protocol is you discussed it with the higher ups, ups and out of respect. You also, hey, let the quarterback know your franchise quarterback. Hey, look, we're doing this for the betterment of the team. This has nothing to do with you. 
Dak Prescott came out and said, hey, nobody told me anything. Now, right, you don't have to tell Dak anything, you know. Right. And that was a problem Aaron Rodgers was having in Green Bay. They were making decisions, and Aaron Rodgers said, I'd like to be included in a few more decisions, and they finally appeased Aaron Rodgers. Well, mm -hmm. Dak Prescott is not of Aaron Rodgers' status. Right. And Jerry Jones being old and senile, um, Jerry's going to do Even his son can't control him. So Jerry's going to do what Jerry's going to do. And yep. you know what, Jerry? Keep doing what you're doing because you messed this thing up for 30 years. Yeah, so Doing what you want to do without consulting anybody. Keep Go being right Jerry. Yeah, keep being Jerry. Now, and, being and, Jerry. and here is classic Jerry, though, Derek. After he throws that out there in, in another breath, he says, yeah, but I expect Dak Prescott to be here a very long time. Like, okay, sure, sure, yeah, sure you okay. do. Sure you do, Jerry. Okay. So you bring this guy in to send an indirect message to Dak that you're on the clock, but then you come out and say, we expect Dak to be here a long time. So you yep. trade for a guy who was one of the top three players taken in the draft the year he came out just to sit him on the bench for the next Yeah, what, just for kicks. Yeah, years? yeah, just, just for the heck of it. Yep. No, no, I don't see that. I believe, in all honesty, once Trey gets up to speed, if yeah. Dak has a season similar to what he had last year, they right. will pull the hook and put Trey in there. Oh, listen, I'm with you. I because he, he's not guaranteed money beyond this nope. season. Nope. That's the that's the key. The key is this it, it's gonna play out this year. And if look, if Dak turns it around and, and makes a deep playoff run, there's not gonna be any issue. But no. otherwise, trust me, this thing's not going away anytime soon. It's gonna no, be and, and if, if Dak is sputtering and Trey comes off the bench and resurrects that offense and the team to a series of wins, Dallas fan base won't think one iota about you got a hundred and thirty something million dollar quarterback sitting on a bench. Correct. Neither, neither will Jerry at, at you know eighty years old because he wants nope. to win one before you know before what, Rob? He goes to the big sky and says, before he goes to the big goalpost of the sky. The big, the big horseshoe in the sky. The big something. Um, the all right, big this, yeah, the big sombrero. This one, man, Chandler Jones went went nuts for a minute. What was he thinking? All right, so um, he's entering the second year of a deal with, with uh, Vegas. It's a $51 million deal that he signed last year and and he's ticked off at the franchise so we went on social media which is always the best thing to do to air your complaints by the way oh yeah he, he goes on social media tuesday and 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 goes off uh i gotta be careful how i word some of this effort uh i don't want to play for the raiders if that's my hc meaning head coach or gm uh i want patrick i'm not going to say this he, he he made a reference to patrick graham which i'm not going to say um, and then, and then he deleted, of course, all this thinking, no, one's going to see this, but he's no. referencing, I mean, he hit all the guys here. They, I mean, he went psh, straight across and fired at everybody. Josh McDaniels, his coach, Dave Ziegler, who's the general manager and Patrick Graham, who's the defensive coordinator. So I don't, I don't get what his issue is. Like he went on to mean. say, he says, it's a shame. I'm a top athlete with 112 sacks in the NFL. And I have to go to a local gym to work out during the season for no apparent reason. Like, is he not allowed in the in the facilities? I don't, I don't get know. this. Did they close the facility at some point? Do they have, like, you know, most NFL facilities, the the weight room is open around the clock. I don't. Did they close it at a certain point of a day to tick him off? I don't know. And it's weird. Like every story I read, nobody really specifies what the issue is with him. Uh, here's the other weird thing. So, yeah. Derek, right right the day before that, 
he puts out on Twitter, can't wait to play this year, feeling great in practice. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you got to suspend him for at least a game. You have to send a message. You need to suspend him for a game. Well, he's not there. He's not with them right now. He's not at practice today. They they And, and McDaniel said he's away from the team, and we're not going to get into it, but he's not here. I, I would – I wouldn't play him Sunday personally. No, there's no way he comes back and play. What kind of message do you send if you allow him to say what he wants to say? There's no backlash from it, and he just comes back like nothing happens and plays a game Sunday. That's like letting the inmates run the asylum. You do that. Can you imagine, especially if it goes south of the Raiders, how many players are going to start speaking their mind, especially with that collection of players? No doubt. It's going to get ugly. Yeah, weird, man. Weird. Um, I don't know. It's not like, you know, he's in the middle of a three-year, $51 million deal. It's not like he's not getting paid. I mean, See, he's getting paid very well. Yeah, here, here's another one where I don't care how frustrated I am. Is that check cashing every two weeks? Uh, I'm with you. Or twice yeah. a month? You're going you're gonna to talk his way out of that, that check uh, pretty soon. Uh, Tom Brady thinks Aaron Rodgers will have a big year. Um, you know, I mean, no surprise there. He, he's He's mentioned how – he, he compared his situation when he left New England as great as it was. He felt like a, there was like a burden off his shoulders. He thinks Roger's going to go through the same thing uh, with the Jets, et cetera. Still thinks he's got a lot left in the tank in terms of ability. So, as, as much as it pains me to say this, I am inclined to agree with Tom Brady. I mean, yep. Aaron Rodgers is throwing to Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Miko Hartman, uh, his boy, Randall Cobb. You know, his, his, his tight ends are Tyler Conklin and, and CJ Uzama. Always turning around and handing the ball off to Brees Hall and 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 and, and uh, Dalvin Dalvin Cook. Cook. Yep. And he's got a decent offensive line. Now I'm not great, you know. I like the I like Mackay Becton at right tackle. Um, I like Dwayne Brown. I like Lake and Thomas Thomason. Connor McGovern was a good offensive lineman when he was with the Cowboys. They just yep. didn't want to pay him. Mm-hmm. So they've got some decent guys up front, and of course that defense is a top five defense, which will get the ball back for them a lot on that offensive side of the ball. I hate to say this. It pains me to say this, but I do believe Aaron Rodgers is like a kid in a candy store. Anything you watch, and I don't know if it's for the cameras or not, but every time you watch him on on Hard Knocks, he's just bouncing around, and he's like, man, he's surrounded. He goes, I'm still trying to get used to the fact I'm in New York, and I'm with this team that's loaded on both sides of the ball. The only thing missing from for us was a quarterback, and I'm the guy. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to come out and have one heck of a year. And he's got his boy Nathaniel Hackett as his OC again. That's his guy. Yep. And, and he's on. He's also on a mission to show that Nathaniel Hackett's a good coach, not yes. what went down in, in yes. Denver. So. He couldn't wait to defend Hackett against Sean um, Payton when, yep. when Payton made those comments. Yeah. Couldn't wait to defend him. So I think Aaron Rodgers and the Jets have this proverbial chip on their shoulder. I think I think he's going to have a good, really good season. Uh, Ravens, they get Mark Andrews back. Uh, he's practicing. He'll play Sunday, barring any kind of setbacks. Looks like Marlon Humphrey is unlikely to go week one, uh, right. coming off foot surgery on August 16th. So, uh, getting one back looks like they're going to be missing one, uh, for the Ravens. Um, Mark Andrews is one of the better tight ends in the NFL, period. Hands yep. down. Yep. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see what this so called vertical game that Lamar Jackson has been talking about. I'm really intrigued to see what this is going to look like. You know, Bateman's a good receiver. You got Odell. Is Odell all the way back from that ACL tear? Uh, Devin Duvernay is a good receiver. You know, Zay Flowers, man, he can flat out go. Oh, yeah. You know, and and Lamar Lamar said it after they signed their contract. 
we're going to have a better vertical game. That means they're going up top more. Mm-hmm. And you've got the guys who can go get it. Let's see what you can do with it now. And So I'm intrigued to see what this Baltimore offense that will be less predicated on Lamar Jackson taking off the run looks like with him putting the ball up in the air. How accurate is he? I know he's got the arm strength. The arm yeah. strength is not the issue. It's the accuracy. What's his accuracy going to be like? I think they needed to change a scene. You know what I mean? I think they just needed to to switch yeah. it up a little bit yeah. here and and just it, it got stale. Yeah, I know a lot of it was Lamar was hurt and all that, but they just needed to change things up. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what Baltimore looks like. They're in a they're in a hell of a division, man. That is a tough division they're in. Uh, the Raiders have restructured Jimmy G's deal. You remember he signed that three year seventy two point seven deal, and then there was the whole foot issue thing, and he had to have the surgery. Uh, there's no word on what it's been restructured to and and how they, you know, how they, they've kind of spaced out the money or whatever. I'm sure they're kicking the curb down the can or the can down the, the curb a little bit, but you know, we'll see what ends up happening there uh, with him. The question with him is, can he stay healthy for a season? That that's the, that's the biggie there with, uh, with the Raiders. Well, you uh, know, Jimmy, Jimmy G's got, Jimmy G's got some weapons. My goodness. He's got, I mean, come on, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Austin Hooper. You know, Jimmy G could have a really good season offensively. Mm-hmm. You got <clears throat> you you've got the defending rushing champ to hand the ball off to. You know, and I forgot they have Amir Abdullah, who used to run for Detroit, who's a good mm-hmm. running back. Mm-hmm. So you've got some good running backs. They got some good personnel there. Mm-hmm. Now, even with Chandler Jones going off the deep end, you know, they went they went out and they spent some money. Yep. And you know, they got they got Marcus Peters playing on one side, although Marcus Peters tailed off a little bit in Baltimore last year. You got Marcus Peters, you got Marcus Epps. Um, you got you, Chandler gets his head on right. You know, you got Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. The Raiders are going to be an interesting team. They're just playing in a super tough division. Yeah. They've got yeah. personnel. It, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I, I don't, they're, I, I just don't have a good feeling about them. I don't have a good feeling about them. That's all. I'll just leave it at that. Um, Magic Johnson addressed the commanders today. He is part owner. So I gave a little motivation to speak to his, uh, to his crew. Hey man, I'm utilizing magic as much as possible. Exactly. I'm telling you, I am. (laughs) Who who better to talk to a group of guys who've never won anything about what it takes to win than a magic Johnson, a multiple time NBA champion who was considered the best of the best when he played the game. Yep. I'm, I'm having. I might have magic deliver motivational speeches every week. <laughs> yeah, I might too. I might too. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, he would. He would be certainly on my list. We've been talking about this, Derek. That Peyton Manning, try as he as he may, has not had a lot of luck landing anybody for for year two of the quarterback docu series mm. on Netflix. Mm. Uh, he says he he talked about it. He said it's been a struggle to get season two off the ground. He told the Hollywood Reporter he's working hard at getting the right group of quarterbacks to participate in this season's show, but most of them are telling him they don't want camera crews following them around all season. He said, quote, I'd love for someone to call us back and say, I want to do it. I had three starting quarterbacks tell me, tell me no yesterday, so I'm swallowing my pride. We know they had last year Mahomes and Cousins and Mariota. Uh, he said, quote, I think maybe some guys are thinking that it's going to be a distraction, even though I told a couple of them. I guarantee you, you'll win the Super Bowl like Mahomes if you do it. So, not a whole lot of luck right now. I'm not surprised, Rob. I mean, we love. I love the fact of what we saw behind the scenes and stuff. But can you imagine other quarterbacks looking at this going, 
I don't want them to see this. I don't want them to see this. Yeah. I, I don't want to share this with the general public. I, I don't want people to, I don't want people in my home. There are a lot of professionals, whether you're entertainers, business people, athletes that don't want the general consensus looking into their homes. Yeah. I don't blame them. No, I mean, I it's it. like, you know, you're not only seeing what's going on at practice, the, 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 the conditioning stuff you put yourself through the injuries, you're mic'd up on the sideline, but you're in your house, you're seeing their kids, you're seeing, no, no. and I said this to you before, if you're a single guy, you really want, you know, if you have company over, you want that on camera? No, no. Yeah, it's one um, thing to do with the wife and kid. It's, you know, if you're a, a bachelor and you got, you know what I mean? It's just, it can get a little sketchy there, you know? Yeah, see, I, I don't, I don't want that, especially when kids are involved, I hate to put it like this, you don't know if some knucklehead sitting out there, if I grab one of the kids, I can get a ransom for this. You know, I, hey, you have to take everything into consideration nowadays, man, with the way the world is. Yeah. I don't even want people to know what my kids look like, to be honest. Oh, no, I hear you. I hear you. It, it is. It, it, it's, a, it's a fine line you walk. It really is. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Carl Nassib retired. He was the first openly gay active player in the NFL. Westchester guy. He hangs it up, said he was the luckiest guy ever in terms of having the kind of career. He was a walk-on at Penn State. Ended up having a solid career. Uh, a couple different stops in Tampa, Cleveland among them. So he hangs it up. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, in Chicago, Gunner, uh, yeah. they better hope Justin Fields doesn't go down. The backup is Nathan Peterman Dude, and, you, you... and, and um, Tyson, Ty, Tyson Baggett, who's a uh, who was a Division II quarterback who made the team. Yeesh. See, that goes along the lines of what I'm saying, Rob. The NFL is always toying with this notion that they may expand. First of all, you don't have 32 starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. No. And a lot of teams don't even have a decent backup. And Nathan Peterman falls in that category of how is he still in the NFL? To be honest, <laughs> how is it possible he's even in the NFL? He's a number two. And he's a number two on a professional football team. Oh what does that God. tell you? Uh, it ain't what good. That's what it tells you. You know, I, I I don't know how in the world some of these guys are still wearing a professional u- football uniform, to be honest. But you got to have somebody, right? Every team needs somebody, you know. Th- and there's a reason why, even though the league has expanded, you can carry three quarterbacks now on your roster, while some teams only have two. They can't find a decent third one. That definitely plays into it. Like, you, you don't want to have to allot salary cap money to a guy who, quite frankly, you just don't buy into, you know? No, no. And you're looking at it like, let's face it, if our number two goes down, we're dead in this game anyway. Exactly. So you just bite the bullet, and it, it and it's a loss. Yeah, it's tough. This is a tough deal. All right, listen, tell me what you think about this. Jameer Gibbs, who is the rookie running back uh, out of Alabama, yeah, uh, thinks he can gain 1,000 on the ground and catch 500 yards worth of passes. For the Lions this year, that's feasible. Lions I like him. That's a lot, though. That's that's pretty lofty goal. Well, they had a running back last year, Jamal Williams, he had a thousand yards and what seventeen rushing touchdowns. A lot of touchdowns. Yeah, they like to throw to the, the, the to the backside of the backfield. He's what twenty two years old, fresh. You know, bounce back from bruises, aches and pains a lot quicker than somebody 28, 29. And he is a phenomenal young talent. Now he has to do it at this level, but he's a phenomenal young talent. I believe is well within his grasp to be able to do it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it'll be interesting. I like him. I like them. I think they're, they're that offense with Goff, 
Amab, Ra, St. Brown, some of the other weapons that they have when they get the kid back, the uh, who, who suspended for the for the uh, gambling fine, Jameson uh, comes back. Man, they're going to be they're going to be tough to deal with for sure. Fun. Well, again, I can't wait for tomorrow night. I can't wait to watch what they do with, with expectations now on them, which yep. they didn't previously yep. have. That's going to be the big thing uh, for me. All right, Terry McLaurin, uh, his stat is still up in the air, Derek. For the opener, he's got the, he's had that toe injury in the preseason game. I yeah. remember. Uh, I think he's another one. They're going to try and put him through the paces a little bit here, and then see what you got. But it's it, you know it's really 50-50 at this point with him. That, is, that's a big loss if he can't go. He he is their premier pass catcher, no question about it. And those toe injuries are so tricky, man. Um, I, that that's a situation where I would err on the side of caution. I'm not taking a shot to deaden it because it's only prolonging the issue. Because once that thing, uh, once that, that that medication wears off, he's going to be in extreme pain again. Yeah. Um, and he could be out two or three weeks more beyond that. Yeah. So it's the first game of the season. I know everybody wants to win, but let's face it, they're gonna be they're gonna be 16 teams that win and 16 that will lose the first game of the season. You know, I can't imagine there's gonna be a tie in the first week. <laughs> I, 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 I would like to see the odds on that uh yeah, yeah that's for sure speaking of odds derek uh nearly 73.5 million american adults will bet on the nfl this season according to a survey that's one in four american adults will bet on the nfl this season that's a significant increase from last year according to a survey uh from the american gaming association that is 28% of the adult population are expected to, to bet on the NFL. Well, I, uh, I shared with you guys last year an incredible stat that I came across. I believe it was front office sports that said in America, 150 um, million um, in legal betting and over 50 million in illegal betting. So you're talking about over 200 million and just betting alone. And I'm sure that number has risen significantly since last year. Oh, yeah. Um, but think about it, Rob. $200 million bet in some football games alone. That's not even including basketball, hockey, baseball, playoffs. Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's amazing the money that flows through the betting scene. And the NFL was smart enough to get on board. They were against it for so many years. And not only did they get on board, they actually put a team in Vegas. Out of all places. Well, I, yeah, and I think look, gambling takes a lot of different forms. It's it could be just a matter of hey, I'm going to put fifty bucks on a game. Sure. I'm playing fantasy football. Bets, uh, prop, whatever. I mean, there, there, yeah, there's a million different ways that you can go. You can bet in game. Yeah. Uh, you know, over under on a quarter. The Eagles will win by you know will win the first quarter by two and a half points. There's so many different things, and everything is right here for you now. It's just right here, right? Or you go to go to Ocean. And go to the sports gallery, you know, at, at the sports betting gallery where we've done shows from. I mean, it, it, you do shows every pre and post. It's just, it is what it is. It, it's the reality of it. And it's just a matter of you just hope people aren't going way above their means, you know what I mean? And just burying themselves. Yeah, but unfortunately, they do. There are a lot of people um, that lose their livelihoods to betting, lose their families due to betting. You know, gambling is an addiction. And that's why, um, when you look at a lot of these betting sites now, whether they do commercials on TV or radio, they always put the disclaimer at the end. If you have a gambling problem, call this number. Yeah. You know, 
gambling is a sickness in a lot of ways in America. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are a lot of people that do it just for fun, but there's more so that live and die by gambling, unfortunately, and lose a lot of things in their lifetime. Yeah, they do. All right, let's come back. I'm going to hit you with a couple Eagles things. Uh, AJ Brown was very touched that he was named a captain. Um, and mm. it was pretty cool. So we'll talk about that. Bunch of other other Eagles odds and ends. Uh, tell you about uh, the the amount of money that Shador Sanders possibly made himself in a, in a week. In one week. Uh, so we will get into that. Uh, you have a good on this date for you, uh, which will hit some good birthdays as well. We'll do all that. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. passionately go fearlessly go confidently go confidently towards your goals with first trust philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the philadelphia eagles we're focused on getting you over the goal line so go with conviction go with trust and go forward with us by your side first trust bank the official bank of philadelphia dreams oh and go birds fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles All right, we're back. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us as you do each and every day. Thank you. Uh, Hit the like button if you could. 
we appreciate that. And as well, please, please, if you could uh, subscribe and, and tell a friend also. All right, Gunner, I thought this was cool, man. Uh, so we, we talked about how the Eagles named nine captains yesterday. Yep. Uh, included was they, they named both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yep. And I think – I'm not telling you both aren't worthy. I think they are. Um, Devontae was a little bit of a surprise just because he's younger. Um, yep. But I thought it was cool – A.J. Brown was really touched when he discussed it today. And he said, you know, the, the fact that, you know, these guys have my back like that, um, I, I really appreciate that. And, and he, it, you know, it came off very sincere. You know, it, it, you could just see by the way he was saying it. Right. Which, which I really like. And he also said, and he always makes mention of this, and I don't know that he does this on purpose because he, he wanted to just squash any comparisons and all that, but he said, you know, I'm also thrilled that my boy Devontae uh, – is a captain as well. Like I, I think he's really trying to take Devante. Not that Devante is like some guy who's you know all over the place, but he take him under his wing and, and show that you know we're in this thing together. He's really making an effort to do that, and I appreciate that about AJ Brown. I do. Um, I, I don't think he's he, he's going out of his way to try. I think um, based on where he is, the individual success he had the money he got to come here and they got to the Super Bowl, he got to perform on the grandest stage. I think it's a natural for him now. I think he's comfortable in his 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 role on his team, his position, his status, and he's doing what a, a true professional does. You know, he he's humble in all that he does, and basically he just wants the team as well as himself to continue to get better and to always be mentioned as a viable uh, Super Bowl candidate, you know. So that's a part of their culture that they breed there with the Eagles organization. Mm-hmm. You surround you surround um, good talent with good talent, and it and when it works, everybody's in harmony. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see what it's like if things fall. I mean, I don't, but you know, you want you always want to say, what does it look like when things start to fall apart? When you have high expectations, and if it unravels on you, then what does it look like? You know, oh, we never get to that point with this group of guys, but. Because of the culture and, and that has been established here for years, he just wants to fit in. See, in a situation like this, Rob, yeah. nobody wants to be that guy. You know, this is not even Kansas City, for as good as they are, what do you have? Chris Jones. Right. On the outside looking in. Nick Bosa in San Fran, right? Nick, Nick Bosa. When was the last time you saw an Eagle holding out? You don't. I mean, that's – and that's, you remember we were going through this. Hey, are the Eagles going to sign uh, Jalen Hurts before the season started? And and I and I said to you, there's no way they're letting him start the season going into last year of his deal. This will get done. And they didn't wait for the market to be set. They no. went out and signed him, and then people yeah. followed suit after that. So they this is just the way they handle things, and and it's it's an underappreciated thing. Like we we're always looking at X's and O's and that kind of stuff and and all that, but the the culture thing is real. You don't have anybody firing off on social media like Chandler Jones did. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you don't have that kind of stuff, uh, you know, w- with the Eagles. Hey, one r- other thing just to sort of go along those lines, Derek. Uh, I thought it was nice. Howie Rosen was on with WIP earlier. And uh, as Nick Sirianni did yesterday, he started off saying uh, how much, you know, he was thinking about Hugh Douglas. He said, I got to start. Yeah. I've been thinking about a guy, Hugh. Uh, once you're a part of this family, it never ends. We're all thinking about him. And, and so are we. Um, and I know you've been in contact with him and he's going through an awful time. If you're not, if you didn't know, uh, his son passed away tragically in a car accident. So, uh, he was going through a really tough time right now. And then, and then, uh, this morning I saw the report that came out about exactly how the accident occurred. 
and again, it's due to excessive speed. His his roommate from last year was behind the wheel, excessive speeding, lost control. Yep. He had a couple of utility poles. And yep. you know, I, I wish I, I, I know I understand, you know, men, men with their machines, we always want to push it a little bit. Yep. Especially when we have a toy that has speed, it's predicated on speed. But I just wish we were a little bit more cautious. You know, um, I think I think I I um I live my life the other way. I err on the side of caution, maybe too much, but then again, you know, I'd rather be safer than sorry. You know, yeah, I'm always thinking about, I don't want to take myself out, but I sure don't want to take somebody else out innocently. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not comparing one to the other, but it's, it's just a shame. I mean, both of these young men were highly thought of at Morehouse university. Yeah. They were both on, on course to, to complete their educations in 2025. Um, and from what we've heard from the university and other people that knew them, the sky was the limit for their futures. And all of a sudden it tragically comes to an end. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, man, you know, I can't think of a more gut wrenching scenario than to lose one of your children. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know how I am about my family. I know how you are about your family. I can't even begin to imagine losing no. um, a child, you yep. know, no. uh, I don't, I don't ever have to want to have to bury one of my children, you know, no. you know, said that, you know, your children should bury you. You should not bury your children. And I, I just, man, I just, and I, and I hurt for Hugh because, you know, it's one thing to hear stories about people you don't know, but when it, when it's somebody, you know, and you have a relationship with, and, and it just hits you even harder, man. And I've been thinking about that for the last two days that, you know, he's got to wake up every day now and know that, you know, and, and you know, if you know anything about Hugh, his children or or his life, man, he's always bragging on his children yep. um, and stuff like that. And man, I, I can't even I can't even begin to imagine what he's going through emotionally, physically, spiritually right now, uh, dealing with this. Yeah, yep. well said. Uh, so we're we're certainly I can't stop thinking about it. But um, all right, Derek. So uh, uh, just talk about some of the other stuff that we they were hitting uh, from an Eagle standpoint. We discussed this a little bit earlier. Um, just, just kind of where things are as we move into this thing with four days left, it, it's going to be the Patriots. We know that much Belichick uh, singing the praises, not only of, uh, of, of Howie Roseman, but of Jalen hurts. You know, I thought it was interesting because he was asked, uh, was Belichick to, they're using um, the kid Cunningham who's on the practice squad yeah. as a, you know, sort of a decoy, sort of like a Jalen Hurts type. Um, and, you know, whether or not you can really get, um, you know, a good feel for that kind of thing, right? You right, know, right. With Malik Cunningham. And he said, you're talking about arguably the best player in the league or one of the top two or three best players in the league. Nobody has anybody that can be him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, again, this is stuff that you usual coach speak you get, but you don't, you don't often get Bill Belichick, you know, being effusive in praise. And he was for the GM uh, as he was for, uh, for the quarterback in Jalen Hurts. And by the way, according to Ian Rappaport, the Arizona Cardinals are expected to start Josh Dobbs as their starting quarterback this week with Clayton Toon hmm. as the backup. Josh Ooh. Dobbs and Clayton Toon. Any, who else is, who else is frightened? And let me reiterate, I don't understand Jonathan Gannon and the organization's decision to just let go of, of a Colt McCoy, who's at 13 years in the league, who has played in 50-some-odd games. And even though he's not a great quarterback, he's got to be better than Joshua Dobbs, who has been 
bouncing from team to team for the last four years. I don't understand this. You know, are you conceding defeat right out of the gate? What message are you sending to your players? Yeah. In this regard, there's no way I can look at the Joshua Dobbs and go, we got a chance to win. <laughs> I hate to say it. I yeah, right. It. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm not saying Colt McCoy is much better, but Colt McCoy has had some, some winning moments in his career. I know. Listen, I, I feel you. Uh, I, I, like to me, I would just look, I don't think you're in a good spot no matter what, but if you're asking me, would I rather have the guy who's been there for a while? Probably. Yeah, I probably would. Anyway, it's, they're headed nowhere fast. Let's be honest. Um, all right. So on this date, Derek, yes. 1995, 1995. So that would be what? 28 years ago on mm. this date, September 6th, 1995. Any idea what happened on that date? 1995. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's baseball related. Baseball related. 1995. September what? September 6th. 95. 96, 1995. Think Base, baseball related. Think streak. Streak. Hold on. Streak. Streak. Uh, does it have to do with stolen bases? No. A hitting streak? No. Then I'm lost. Games played. Cal Ripken broke Lou Gehrig's record. Ah. On this day, he he played his 2,131st game at wow. in Baltimore at Camden Yards and broke the all-time record by Lou Gehrig. So it was well, I love watching Cal Ripken play, man. I did too. The all-time greats. Yep. Big shortstop could, yes. could you know, great you know, be, Oh, well, yeah, especially early in his career for a yes. big man. He had great range and great hands, too. Great arm, yes. Yeah. Very accurate throw. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. Well, I love watching him play, man. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciated him, man. And I know, you know, look, at the end, was he just – was he sort of just hanging on? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you know, but still. It's remarkable to be able to, to be able to get up and down every single game, you know, for that long a period of time because – you know, baseball's a grind, man. Yeah, man. And when you drive down I-95 South heading to Baltimore, right outside of Baltimore's area, you see that Cal Ripken complex where they play a lot of uh, uh, big time. like Yeah, uh, Aberdeen. It's in Aberdeen. Aberdeen, yeah. yep. Aberdeen. You see that Cal Ripken baseball complex where I guess it's high school and, and Pony League. And, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Else, but a phenomenal facility. My goodness, what a great facility to play at. Yeah, it is. It, it is a. It's a very cool place, man. Uh, you yeah, know that's for sure. Um, all right, you ready to do some uh, some birthdays, and then we'll get it back uh-huh. to some of the some of the birds. Let's roll. Okay, let's do this thing. All right, uh, we will start it off. Uh, Idris Elba is fifty-one great. years young today. He's great in everything he's in. I love all of his movies, man. Pr- Prometheus, uh, Thor, uh, The Dark Tower was good. The movie played in his most recent one came out was called Beast. That yeah. was pretty good. Did you he see that? Good in that? He was good in that. Yeah, he was great yeah. in, the, in The Wire, too. He's been great in everything he's in. Yes. Yeah. yeah, big fan, oh. big fan. He's funny, too. He has a, he has a good sense of, against yes. a sense of humor, a comedic uh, sense of humor. Uh, Dolores O'Riordan, who was the lead singer of The Cranberries, she had a hell of a voice, man. Passed away a few years ago, but she was really good. She was born in 1971. Uh, Rosie Perez. From a movie you referenced a little bit earlier. Yes. White Men Can't Jump, among other things. Uh, Rosie Perez. She's 59 Can't believe today. she's 59 already. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Roger Waters of Pink Floyd is 80 years old today. Actress Naomi Harris 
is 47 years old today. Tamron Hall, the uh, the the host news person, she's 53. She uh, she actually got her master's at Temple. Did Tamron Hall? Uh, Jane Curtin, formerly of Saturday Night Live, mm. 76 years old today. She was on the Update desk with uh, with Dan Aykroyd. Yep. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy, the uh, comedian, is 65 years old today. Uh, actress comedian Carol Wayne was born on this day, 1942. Uh, Foxy Brown, the singer, rapper, 45 today. John Wall, NBA player, 33 years old today. Macy Gray, the singer, is 56. Uh, Pippa Middleton, who was the sister of uh, Kate Middleton. She is 40 today. Uh, Swoozy Kurtz, the actress, is 79 today. Joanne. She's a... A crazy mom and Mike and Molly. You ever watch Mike and Molly? No, I never saw Mike and Molly. She's oh, you got it. Oh, my goodness, dude. You had, that's a great one. The best sitcoms ever. Mike and Molly. Okay. And she's, she's the, the mom. mom. Yeah. All right. All right. I got to check that out. Uh, Joanne Worley, the actress, comedian, is the, was born on this day, 1936. Michael Winslow. You may remember him from all the police academies. He can do all the sound effects. Yep. He's 65 today. Mark Andrews, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Looks like he's going to be good to play. Uh, this weekend. He's 28 today. Elizabeth Vargas, the news person, is 61 today. And Sam Acho, who is, he, he's the younger brother of Emmanuel, yeah. right? He's, is he younger or old? I think he's younger. He's younger. He He's carving out a nice little career for himself as well uh, as a, a, at ESPN. He, he's, he's, he's doing a good job. Yeah, former NFL linebacker, uh, ESPN TV analyst now. Yeah. He's done both of the outro guys have done well for themselves. I'm telling you, man, they really have. Who'd I miss uh, birthday wise? Oh, you missed CC Pennison of the movie, the song Finally. Finally. Yep. Yeah, one of the great dance songs ever. She's 54 today. Uh, Kevin Willis, former NBA player. Yeah, good career. On the day. Played a long time. Um, yeah, Mario Addison, who, who played for Houston last year. He's a free agent now. He's 36, but he hasn't officially retired yet. Okay. Uh, Ryan Shazier, who had a great NFL career before that spinal injury. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, by the grace of God, he's at least able to walk now. Thank God, man. That uh, was scary. Yeah. He was 30. He's 31 today. Uh, Jane Adams was the first woman to receive the Nobel Peace Prize. She was born on this day in 1860. Okay. And Carly Fiorina, who's the CEO of Hewlett Packard, is 60 today. 69. Okay. Today. 69. Yep. Heavy, heavy hitter there. All right. Chad Coleman, uh, who played The Wire and The Walking Dead. Really good actor. He's 49 yeah. today. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have any? I didn't like any of the movies, uh, I, but do you have any? Uh, let's see. Riddick. I like Riddick from 2013. Solid. Yeah. And Diesel. Yep. Uh, a, a Cinderella Story, Once Upon a Time. I watched that with the girls and stuff. You know, it was okay. 2011. Right. Uh, a movie that's a favorite, but I didn't really, I didn't really watch it. Lady Chatterling. Uh, Lady Chatterling's Lover is two, from 2015. Okay. It, Chapter 2. After I saw It 1, I was done with It. <laughs> you didn't need another one? All right. Yeah, I need another. 2019. And A Christmas Story, Part 2, uh, came out in 2012. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought this was of interest. Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel yeah. is coming to an end. Uh, nearly a 30-year run. Yeah, the investigative sports series. For almost 30 years. Yeah. Uh, he's been host. Gumbel's been hosting this show since 1995. Wow. Uh, yeah. Said that the nearly three decade run uh, Brian Gumbel did was very gratifying. Uh, but they're in the midst, I guess, of their 29th season. They'll finish this year out and that's it. 
the, they will be done after that. That man put a lot of time. He's made a lot of money in his career. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh he's God. been around a long time, man. He's been doing it for fi- over fifty years. From a sports anchor to news news anchor to now, you know, real sports. He's uh he's had an illustrious career, no question about that. Yep. Yeah. And I always like that. I love those kind of pieces. Like the, either whether it was, yeah. you know, learning about an athlete, a, a different side of them, or check out this sport that's big in Australia, or you know what I mean, like weird, any of that kind of stuff. I eat it up, man. Overcoming a personal tragedy in life. Yeah. You know all that stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I love those, and, and that's why I love watching Thirty for Thirties on ESPN. Some great storylines. Yeah. One of my favorite is watching the rise and fall of Marcus Dupree, mm-hmm. uh, who was a great running back in college and just did not cut it in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and then you watch the one of the 85 Bears. Uh, some great. I, I love watching those those type documentaries. Yeah. Um, all right. Back to the Eagles. Sean Desai spoke today and mentioned that he, he spoke about Hassan Reddick. And one of the things he said is it, it's going to be a comfortability thing with him using his hands with whatever cast. Yeah. He's worked out, yeah. uh, but he'll be great. His mentality has been great. He'll be good to go when we need him. I, do you, is that a thing where you limit reps with him? Like, I, I don't think so. I think you just roll with it. You roll with it, but you also, every time he comes to the sideline, how much pain are you in? You've got to, you've got to gauge it by the pain. Yeah. You know, that he could potentially be in it to determine how much you utilize him. Uh, because if he start if he's feeling sharp pain in that thing or something, you got to back off real quick, you know, because then you're talking about the possibility of him breaking it again or something. So um, you turn him loose. If he feels good, turn him loose, see how it feels. Obviously he's working with various apparatuses on that, on, on that thing to see what's, what feels more comfortable with it as you get closer to game time. Um, and then in the game, every, every, every series will be a, Hey, how does it feel uh, type discussion with him on the sideline? Yeah. And, and the other thing you have to really keep your eye on. I, and I, I'd have to go back and maybe I'll do this uh, today in anticipation for tomorrow's show, but I'm going to look at his sacks and technique and see how handsy he is. You, you know what I mean? I, and, and that could be a, that could be a real issue here. Yeah, you know, with him. Yeah. Even again, even against the patch up offensive line, you're still going up against guys much bigger than you are. And you've got to extend those arms, you know, to get your leverage to get them off you or to go whichever way you want to go, whether it's to the inside or to the outside. And so it's going to be interesting to see uh, exactly how. And, and and then again, at least you have a few more days to get ready for it. But um, you know he's not that far removed from surgery, and I think those type of things just don't heal overnight. I know, I know. It's it's something I think we're maybe underselling a little bit. Like we're all just saying, ah, he'll cast it up, we'll tape it up, he'll be out there, he'll be fine. Uh, we'll we'll see. But there could be real opportunity here without Riley Reef potentially their guards, you know, I mean, this, this should be an offensive line that the Eagles defensive line gets home against yes. in this game. And then not the most mobile quarterback in the world too, on top of everything else. If I'm the Patriots, I'm rolling Mac Jones out of the pocket as much as I can to give him more time to look down the field instead of standing, having him stand in between uh, my tackles, especially if I'm working with three new offensive linemen, mm. um, you know, he's a sitting target against that Eagles pass rush. Um, I'm, I'm play action. I'm doing a lot of play action with him, whether I'm dumping it off to a running back, a wide receiver doing a short uh, slant route over the middle, uh, tight end in the flats, 
whatever the case may be. I'm rolling him out. I'm getting the ball out of his hands as quick as possible. Yeah. Because of that, it could be a long day for him standing in the pocket because I don't think they have the outside threats uh, to do a lot of damage against this team. No, I, I sense they're going to take the approach they they sort of took with Brady towards the tail end of his career where the ball's just, just like you said, it's just getting out. Bop, yep. bop, 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 bop. And I think it's a good way. That's a good way to get your guy in a rhythm. It's a good way to keep him from getting hit. I mean, I think it's, I think it's smart. It's almost like running the ball, you know, and it's a good way to keep the clock going and keep the Eagles offense off the field. I, I think it's probably where we're going with this, you know, game plan wise. Uh, but either way, it should be, uh, should be very interesting. All right. Uh, tomorrow, we mentioned Tom Curran's going to be joining us at 2 o'clock from NBC Sports New England. We'll get the latest on what's going on with the Patriots up there from him. So that's going to be fun. Want to thank Xander Krause producing the program. Yes, uh, a couple days. Uh, everybody in the chat, thank you uh, as well. Everybody listening, everybody streaming, we do appreciate you guys. Again, if you could subscribe, tell a friend to subscribe, hit the like button. Uh, be great. We'll keep it rolling, man. So tomorrow, Derek, we'll get you set not only for the Eagles and the Patriots, but uh, we'll preview pretty hard that game tomorrow night uh, between the Chiefs Absolutely. and the Lions. So that's going to be going to be a lot of fun. All right, don't go anywhere. We have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Derek and I are back same time tomorrow. Everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday. We will see you same time, same channel tomorrow. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. 